welcome back to the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 39. Thanks for joining us uh, this time around. Uh, I know it's been a little sporadic. I kind of warned you guys uh, last time that with summer round, I got a lot of shit going on and I don't put all my energy into the podcast. I kind of put energy into my personal life, into surfing life, into things that are going on, what I want to be doing. But I'm glad you guys can join me today. Weather's been good. Surf's starting to get better. There's been some really good days at Malibu. Hope you guys have been able to score there. I know I went out one day, surfed out there with Joel, with Asher, who was in town, a bunch of other people. Had a really fun day. Wasn't too crowded. Kind of perfect. Got there early. Mike Ciordia was out there. We all had a great time. Other places are starting to pop off. You know, I heard the line at San O is insane now uh, because of the summer. So I've been avoiding that place a lot. And uh, I think I'll make it down there one of these days. It's just whenever I see these pictures or Instagram stories about the line, it just freaks me out. I also heard from somebody that they got rid of a hundred of the parking spaces because of beach erosion. So there's a plus minus to that. The minus to it is you're gonna be waiting in line for a while to get in. The plus of it, that's a hundred less cars worth of people out in the lineup so what I've heard is that the wait is worth it because there's basically no one out there you know for as spread out as it is so I want to get out there I think I'll get out there next couple of uh, days or so have you guys been scoring that's what I want to know hope you guys have been catching some wherever you are having fun out there as you guys know we had our first event for Lucy's over at happy battle thanks for mark for hosting us thanks to everybody who came out Joel, Mike Siordia, Tatsuo, uh, Worm, Barrett Miller, probably forgetting a bunch of people, but you know, Lawgraph and us put together a fun event. I hope you guys were there. Our next one is going to be July 28th at Gladstones here in Los Angeles from 6 to 10, I believe. Probably be showing the, the video at 8 o'clock like we have been and showing some other visuals. That's also the day we're announcing the raffle winners. If you have not bought a raffle ticket, make sure to go to our profile on Instagram and click on the link and buy a ticket. I think there's maybe 25, 30 of them left. Uh, we have a, sur a custom surfboard from Barrett Miller up for auction. We have 10 boxes of surf wax from Cassia, which was really generous of her to give to us. We have a t-shirt package from Surf Cult, and we also have a t-shirt package and swag package from Blog Wrap and Bodega Border Crew. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see you guys there. And if you guys are there, just walk up to me and talk. I've met a couple people at the last showing, so I'd like to meet a lot more. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, episode 39. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page bodegabordercrew.podbean.com where you'll find track listings, things that we're talking about and uh, things pertaining to people we're talking with. And who are we talking with this week? We're talking to a couple of people. This is my Outer Banks episode with a focus on an interview I did with Asher Hunt. Asher Hunt is a logger who lives out in the Outer Banks in the northern part. I got to know him. Really fun guy. Makes his own boards amazing logger uh, came out here for a couple of days been surfing a little bit been hanging out so i have an interview with him i also do an interview with his dad roscoe and uh, murray ross who produce boards out of gale force glassing in the outer banks and we just talk about outer bank surf culture what's going on in the industry their take on it and that kind of thing 
Lastly, we have our use rule short take segment. This week we have a video with Tattoo Takei that Zio Bafa Wines put out that's pretty cool following up on the interview we did uh, last time around. There's also a video called The Yard that Jack Coleman put together with Levi Prairie and Andy Nieblis that I think everyone should check out. Lastly is a collaboration that the Campbell brothers, Bonds are fame, you know I'm a Bonds are freak, uh, have done with uh, Ruka. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'm starting this episode off with a group of tracks featuring Guru. Guru passed away about eight years ago. It was his birthday the other day. We had a post about it. You know, Guru for me is one of the top five MCs of the golden era of hip hop. There's nobody who really encapsulated that Brooklyn feel for me more than him on a lot of levels. The Brooklyn that I love, the Brooklyn that I remember, barbecues, parks, hanging out with your friends, you know, the chill vibe of Brooklyn, not the the territorial kind of crazy gangster shit, but more of like the Brooklyn that has soul and heart. And he was the one who really captured that. He also was instrumental in pioneering more of the jazz movement in hip hop. And his first uh, experiment with that was with Jazzmatazz and that whole series. And the first volume of Jazzmatazz is a must have for everybody. I think it's so amazing because to have these not just sampling these jazz musicians, but have them actually contributing hands-on to the project is what made it really soulful. I had the privilege of going to see uh, them perform it after it was released, Guru and uh, the whole crew, and it was one of the most magical musical experiences of my life. So we're gonna start off with a, tr a remix of a track from that album, and then lay into some stuff he did with Gangstar and some other guest appearances. Rest in peace, Guru. Music is still alive. It's still as timeless as ever. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace. Take a glance or dance, elevated lyrics to arouse the crowd. Now tell me who's the man to show you how. Many legacies of brothers who get busy, and I do it fluid till the suckers get dizzy. Saying peace to the Blackbirds, 125th Street, and check the flow that's unique for lounging, lounging, mellow out and just lounging, lounging, lounging. Mellow out and just lounging. Can't refuse this, never lose this. It's a choice, this, cause my voice is the smoothest. Dominating to your boys, cause I've been around doing work. And so have tons of other jerks. Donald Bird word on the track, quite exact. Giving you the format, Jack. See, we gotta pave the way and display how to lounge in. Just lounge in. Mellow out and just lounge in. Lounge in. Lounge in. Mellow out. I just lounge and it's a living music. Yeah. Peace to the pioneers, but I gotta try and clear my throat. Check out what I wrote. You can't tap into this unless you know the roots. Word shoot, like life absolute for real. So now you got to know the deal for lounging. Just lounging, mellow out and just lounging, 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 mellow out. Check it out and lounging. Lounging, lounging, mellow out, and just 
lounging East to Brooklyn where I live Realistic, kind of mystic When I kick this You should witness the slickness Of the horn player and the dope rhyme sayer Quite emotional and inspirational Philosophical and yes, very logical Teaching you the method for lounging Everybody knows they have times when they want to just lay back, kick their feet up, you know, listen to some good music, and just lounge. That's right. I said lounge. It's a living music. Answer to, cause he could maybe bust you for self or with a crew. No matter if you or your brother's a star, he could pop you in jet without a getaway car. And some might say that he's a dummy, but he's sticking you and taking all of your money. It's a daily operation. He might be loose in the park or lurking at the train station. Mad brothers know his name, so he thinks he got a little fame from the stick-up game. And while we're blaming society, he's at a party with his man. They got the eye on the gold chain that the next man's wearing. It looks big, but they ain't staring. Just thinking of a way and when to get the brother. They'll be long gone before the kid recovers. And back around the way, he'll have the chain on his neck. Claiming respect just to get a rap.
ten brothers in a circle had the kid trapped. The one with the hoodie set will hurt you. If you don't run out your Jews and pay, give up the Rolex watch or you won't see another day. See, they were on the attack. And one said, yo, you want to make this to a homicide rap? Make it fast so we can be on our way. Kick in the rings and everything, okay? The kid was nervous and flinching. And little shorty with the 3-8, yo, he was inching. Closer and closer, put the gun to his head. Shorty was down to catch a body instead. Money was scared, so he panicked. Took off his link and his rings and ran frantic. But shorty said, nah, pull the trigger and step. It was nothing. He did it just to get a rap. Now he's known for his trigger finger Rolling with troops of his sons like a gangster figure He's near the peak of his crazy career His posse's a nightmare, mac and jewels and crazy gear But as we know, the things we do come back And sure he's not peeping, others are scheming to kind of act Cause the kid that got shot didn't perish so He pulls up in the Jeep with tinted windows Too late, Shorty was caught in the mix His time ran out, his number came up, and that's it You know the rest, so don't front, the plan has been upset Some brothers gotta go out just to get a rep So 
I reveal the truth or break it down on the wax plate. I'm supposed to give up guns till my probation is done. Still, I'm waiting for sun to bring the 3-8 long one. They try to deny what's happening to us. But nowadays it pays to be strapped, ready to bust. Let's discuss, what would you do? If you're confronted with jealousy, you at least get a 22. Plenty of us go through this syndrome. It's better to fight than die poor and alone. The mob guys be getting loot for protection. They live and die for their profession. This world is full of thugs, hustlers, big willy mobsters. I kill rappers on the red because it's my job to separate the real from the fake. So I reveal the truth and break it down on the wax. We saw too much yang, like I said before, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> we coming through to rectify shit. Group home. That's right, cause we didn't get ours, you know what I'm saying? We ain't got ours yet. Word the mother, we gon' fight till we do. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Low budget environment style, baby. You act like you care, <laughs> but you don't really care. So fuck yo. When you step through, they're out to get you. Bugged out thugs with scarred mugs and beef to settle. And we know that you've been faking the game. So don't say we didn't warn you, we ain't taking the blame. You wanna step through? What if them cats don't protect you? Catch you alone in your home. They don't respect you. God bless you with a talent and gift. Now you wanna play thug, rock new balance and shit. I'm running with Huey Newton, gunning for civil rights. Stunning you jokers, I smoke you, fuck a little fight. Drama, the furthest thing from my mind. Still you went too far, rip you a job with fly rhymes. A psychic network should give me a job. Cause yo, I got the feeling your ass is about to get robbed. I stomp ya, you no comp, I bomb ya. You no frills with no skills, ayo, I conquer. You got no image against us, you wouldn't scrimmage. We're taking care of all you little beginners. Ayo, my fam and me got street wizardry, self-mastery. It's Lyrical catastrophe. Pay attention when you step through. They're about to get you. Bugged out thugs with scarred mugs and beef to settle. And we know that you've been faking again. So don't say we didn't warn you. We ain't taking the blame for what's about to happen to you, kid. Forget the rapping. They'll be clapping at you, kid. Your mouth wrote a check. Your ass can't cash. You was the man in the past. Your weak plan didn't last. Yo, this world is foggy. Gotta survive by any means necessary. Legendary stands overwhelmed by the slums that had me ready. Delays the consequence and fix the nonsense. But verbalized spit got me in a lot of shit. Slipped out like a thief in the night. Cold seasons. I snatched that purse for the right reasons. Even though I know God's still believing. Still can't get the blessings that I supposed to be receiving. You're my life. I sacrifice to Christ my soul. My heart is torn apart for real, let's roll And when I stroll, oh yes, I come correct Step without a tech and still have respect Now I'm in effect, not crack a project And when you see my crew, you better hit the deck And help one another spread love to each other I'm like your mother, your father, or brother Pay attention when you step through They're out to get you Bugged out thugs with scarred mugs and beef to settle and we know that you've been faking the game. So don't say we didn't warn you, we ain't taking the blame. For what's about to happen to you, kid. Forget the rapping. They'll be clapping at you, kid. Your mouth wrote a check. Your ass can't cash. You was the man in the past. Your weak plan didn't last. Chumps be too worried about what the next man's doing. Definitely. Talking a lot of yang. You know what I'm saying? Jealous. Need to pay attention. Or they need to go by the rules. Yo, check the moves. Check the moves. Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 39. Hope you guys dug those uh, guru tracks, some of my favorite. 
some ones that most people don't know. Hope you guys dug it. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 39. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as our full episode description on your iTunes player for track listings, uh, links to things that we're talking about, and links pertaining to people we're talking with. And who are we talking with this week? Well, the first person we're talking with is Asher Hunt. Asher Hunt is a logger and local of the OBX, uh, born and raised there, comes from a surfing family. He's a shaper, been all over the world for his young age. Uh, I was lucky enough to hang out with him again here in uh, LA. We got to surf Malibu one afternoon. It was a lot of fun. Without further ado, I'm going to get into the interview and see what you guys think. Across the North Island and like rent an RV and like this other girl was supposed to go and she backed out and it was just Noah and like they needed one more person. He was just like, dude gotta come with me dude like i need a bro like like dude like i don't have any money like i can't do this like i already like shouldn't have went to new the south island in the first place but i got talked into it and then they were supposed to leave um leave at 6 a.m in the morning to uh-huh. go to, to fly to the north island and rent an rv and do like a week-long photo trip okay and we're all drunk at the bar at like 11 12 at night and like she she pulls up wi-fi on her phone i don't even know her you know, I just met her, and she's, like, looking up tickets. She's like, here, buy this ticket right now. Like, we're leaving in the morning. Like, I'll pay for everything. Like, you can stay in the RV, pay for food, buy you guys beers. Like, just buy this ticket and come. No one needs a friend. And I'm like, all right. I was, like, drunk. Just like, yeah, let's do it. It ended up being, like, the craziest week. But we got an article in the in the Pacific Longboarder. Oh, from that it. trip? Yeah. Um, how did you first start surfing? Um, just through my dad. He just and so you grew up here in the Outer Banks. Yeah, I've always lived here, and he's always made surfboards as his like career. Uh huh. And I've just always been around it, and I always kind of had boards, and always like would go longboard with him in the summer because that's what he does. But I didn't really actually get into it until like on my own until I was like eighteen, uh-huh. probably because he didn't really like push it on me. And was I it just something that was there? It's kind of like that. It was just it. there. Yeah, it wasn't like. I don't know. My um, everyone around here like skimboarded, growing up. Yeah, that's big here. Like my best friend was like the best dude around skimboarding. Uh-huh. So I was like, he was so good, and like that's what everyone does. And like that's that's what I do. I don't know. Right. Skimboarded for a while, and then always still longboarded in the summer, like on the perfect days, whenever my dad would go, and I would go with him. But then like started bringing the board to the beach by myself and watching videos online and getting like I'm like oh it's actually really fun. Who are you watching online? Who are you watching online? Like, um, well, we had Sprout so on DVD. Uh-huh. So I remember watching that and Single Fin Yellow, which is rad. It's so sick. And that's like the first videos I saw. And then like me and my dad would get on there and like watch some clips of like Alex Nost and uh-huh. people like in California like longboarding. I was like, oh, See, it's so cool. Cause like no one around here is was like I never like saw any like vlogging like in real life. Yeah, that, like I mean, to see a guy out, like doing it, just like my dad. Mm-hmm. No one like crazy or anything. That's the thing that's interesting about like with having the internet. Like it's like it's in a way like it's such an old technology, such a new technology has made such an old thing become more relevant. Like you know, it's like so much easier for kids to get into. Like I hear stories even back in like Cali, like people were saying in like the '90s and stuff, like how they would have to find these like. I forgot who I interviewed who said this, which I thought was like the I thought it was the craziest thing. He was telling me that they used to search 
these old Japanese internet sites to mm-hmm. find these random video clips that like because like people would bootleg them in Japan like yeah. logging videos and like that was the only thing they knew of it like even in Cali like no one was doing everybody was doing the high pro thing yeah. so it was like if they wanted to see anything like Joel or any of that kind of excuse me world they'd find these like Japanese sites but it's like you know your generation because what, what year was that around like um probably like 2011 12 yeah so it's like a lot easier to come on to you know yeah. and that's it i think that's also like when there was a, as much as like the seedling was kind of like the start of a resurgence i think like 11 12 13 was kind of this new boom of a resurgence especially with like instagram and shit yeah well this was probably before that but but especially now it's just crazy like when i went to um, went out to california for the first time with like a longboard and stuff i'd never seen any like buddy like good like surfing yeah you know? i was just like oh my god there's that guy from that one video yeah like, yeah holy shit <laughs> you know that, that's the biggest <clears throat> i think that's the biggest trip when you do go out there it's like you could sit at sano and it's like every person that you've like seen in a video is like there just yeah this is what it is. i would just like watch like a clip like one night like before the waves are gonna be good the next day you know mm-hmm be like, oh, like, watch the clip of someone doing something. I'm like, oh, like, I'm going to try that. Or, like, oh, yeah. that looks fun. Like, And then, like, the next day, I'm kind of thinking about it. Like, just trying to learn it. Because, like, you never, like, watch anyone do it. Yeah, because you're not – and no one's, like, telling you firsthand, like, oh, this is where you got to put your feet and, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, my dad helped me a lot. But still, he, like, rides a high pro. And <laughs> it's just different. Hardtail 2 plus 1. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a different world. It's different. It's, it's cool, though. And how is it, like, you know, the waves obviously here tend to be, like, more hollow and, and stuff like that. Like, where are you finding it that you can, like, you can log? Is it more of just, like, okay, it's in the summer because it's so... Yeah, the summer, it's pretty much, there's always a longboard in the van, and most of the time, if it's clean, you can find a little wave, mm-hmm. even up to, like, chest high. Like, it would be a super fun longboard day, but in the summer, everyone's deprived of, like, the shortboarding. Yeah. So it'll be waist high, and there'll be like dudes like haven't surfed in like a month, like mm-hmm. trying to get out there. It's kind of annoying, but yeah, definitely in the winter, like I barely really rode a longboard. Mm-hmm. It'd be cold, and it's hard to motivate when it's like yeah not very good. And it's like need a waist, looks fun, but do I really want to put boots, gloves, and hood on and like no go out there? Probably not. So you're not surfing that much in the winter. Not as much. Yeah. But when it's good, like definitely. yeah, you might as well. I mean, yeah, like if it's like pumping like definitely like go ride a shortboard and suit up i mean you guys have had like this last winter that was like kind of like i don't know we were watching it from like california and we were just like jealous the whole time yeah, it was good in the fall and like late fall and yeah. then kind of like i think around like december it wasn't very good up here it was only good down in hatteras like an hour south uh-huh. and it would just be it wouldn't be that that fun for like most people it was yeah. kind of like just a crazy winter storm and it'd be just gnarly conditions like snowing or something and like yeah the best dudes going on like just bombs like not i wasn't out there you know you're like fuck it no but it got really fun up here a lot in the late fall and stuff but then this spring like a month straight of waves then the spring it kind of like picked up a little yeah we got some good waves this spring too which is kind of nice and it's cool too because you can go like 30 minutes down like halfway down to hatteras Uh uh-huh like it's a town called Rodanthe and a few towns in there and it'll be like waist high here and you go down there on like a south swell and it'll be like chest high like head high set so it's always a bit bigger so it's usually bigger yeah 
Yeah, I was looking at something we were fishing the other day, and I saw like I marked a couple of spots on Google Maps. Like when we were, I was like, it's breaking here. Like I was like, yeah, it's, it's at least. I you might could... actually go tomorrow. I think I might like. Oh, no, it's a really cool drive and stuff. Yeah, we've done it. Like I, I picked up a board from what's that place? Real. Yeah, Water Real Water Sports. Yeah, last year when I rented one, like I picked it up from there, and then um, I might, I might tomorrow, in the morning, head down there. Um, I might just look over there at that like sandbar, and then like yeah. head down there. Yeah, that's another thing too. When it's like, sometimes it'll be barely breaking in town, and be like have the day off, and you're like, yeah, might as well drive down there. Yeah, and it'll be fun, like wayside. Yeah, see, that's what that's what I want. To, I mean, I saw like right by the lighthouse, there was something that was breaking, and I thought it was like kind of interesting. Like I took pictures of it. I was like, yeah. okay, this looks kind of fun. Like it's at least doing something. So I might go there tomorrow, or in the very least, I'll go there Friday morning. Um, growing up here and logging. There's not a lot of people do it, so do people, like, hassle you about it, or... Um, not really. I try not to, like, surf, like, the spot that's, mm-hmm. like, all the dudes trying to rip. Yeah. I try not to, like, catch every set, uh-huh. but so people definitely sometimes mess with you, but it's more of the people that are just, like, oh, like, think you only ride a longboard, you know? Yeah. They're, like, it's, like, head high, and they're, like, oh, you're gonna take out your longboard? I'm, like, no, dude, like, it's barely, <laughs> and, like... Come on. <laughs> like, I have other... I ride everything, you know? You're like, come on. Give Just, like, up. known as, like, the small wave longboard guy. Is that what you're, like, kind of... Yeah. Thing is out here? It's, yeah. yeah, but you're surfing when no one else is. See, that's the whole thing. That's what yeah, I tell. exactly. Like, last... Like, like I was saying, like, how flat it was, like, last winter. Like, like most of us who log out there, like, we were surfing every single day, and I have friends of mine who don't log at all. Yeah, they most of my friends... They didn't don't. see the water for, like, six weeks at a time. And I'm like, that's insane. I'm out, like, five days a week. Yeah, like, I'm stoked on the summer, and it's... I'm like, dude, it was pretty pumping. I'm like, and they're like, what? It was, like, this big. And I'm like, dude, yeah. it was super <laughs> long, though. Like, if you had a log, you'd be having the most most fun ever. And it's so little work. Like, you're not, like, having to deal with, like, bound way out and getting worked a bunch. It's just, yeah. like, it's, like, fun, and it's warm, and you're just like, oh, I'll catch a, couple, catch a bunch of waves just doing, like, laps. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. That's sort of like what that like what I love about two summers ago, two straight summers ago, it was like that at like Sano and Doheny, mm-hmm. where it's like it's not perfect conditions, but it's decent, and you're just and there might be like a little wind chop on it, but you're catching waves the whole day, and you're like your family's chilling on the beach, you're like I'm cool, yeah. <laughs> you know, like like you might you decided to stay home because it wasn't big enough for your board. I'm like I've been catching like you know twenty waves an hour, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm good. Yeah, it's more more and more people are starting to do it too. Even if it's just on like a wave storm, there's still more people getting yeah. out there. And even like one of my friends that I've traveled with a bit, and he's like has like five or six boards. They're all like very similar, just thrusters. Yeah. Like for good waves, he finally broke down and bought a longboard this summer. It's pretty funny. <laughs> and it was eye opening, huh? Yeah, he's like, man, oh, I want to get out there with you guys. Like, I'm like, yeah, dude, do it. And I found him a cheap deal and like this really good used board and. Now he's out there with us when it's small and he's having fun. That's the thing. I always I always think the thing too with like if you surf all different kinds of boards, especially if you go from like like anything between like a fish and like logging and everything in between, is that you take things that you're learning on those other boards to other things. Like, you know, I can like cheat five on a mid length and I don't think if I ever logged I'd be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like there's like those little things yeah. that like I'm learning from a log and then at the same <coughs> token like I'm learning on shorter boards how to like whip a turn faster and I'm like if I didn't know how to do that I don't think I'd know how to put my feet doing it long. that's the thing that's my biggest argument for people the two arguments I always have is like one if you surf all these boards you'll surf all the time there's going to be waves that work in one of those boards any given time 
two, you're going to learn things that, like, make you better at the other things. Exactly. So much better. I usually, I never really have less than, like, three or four boards in the van. Like, yeah, if, there's, if there's waves, I'll put, like, you know, anywhere from three to, like, seven boards yeah. in there. Just because I don't know what it's like. I don't want to wish I had that board. That's the worst fucking feeling in the world. Yeah. You have, like, kind I of... I have a van. It's like, you might as well put it in yeah. there. Yeah. You have, like, what they call, like, Thomas Campbell referred to it as the, the golf uh, the golf bag. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. It's like, basically, you have a driver, and you have a putter, and everything in between, and you show up to the course, and you're like, I f- it looks like I can drive today. It looks like I'm going to have to use my short game. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's the thing I think a lot of people, like, like, what's great about, like, people who grow up in areas like yourselves, and, like, the Outer Banks, and, like, let's say Florida, and some of these other spots, is like... You, ha- you can't be so picky. Like, you have to deal with, like, what's been given to you in terms of waves. And it's like you can make the choice of, like, either not surfing, like, only surfing every so often, or surfing every single day and just being equipped for it. You know, yeah, of- and especially here, like, there's – it's all sandbars, and they're always changing, so it's always different. Like, it can be, you know, like, two, three foot, and you could go up to, like, one of these sandbars up here, and it'll be, like, little super hollow shore break barrels, but it's yeah. only, like – you know, like, not that big, waist, yeah. stomach high or something. But then you'll go down, like, to Nags Head and be, like, the same. It's, like, ten minutes down the road, and it'll be a completely different sandbar. It'll be breaking way farther out, a bit more, like, rolly, and, like, super fun for the longboard, you know? Yeah. Where it's, like, you couldn't not have rode a longboard at this spot because yeah. you would just be breaking your fin off in the sand and, like... Every single time, yeah. Yeah, every time. But down there, you would have a horrible time on, like, a shortboard. Yeah. You just have to be prepared for it. It's I think it's it's something, you know, especially with California, we don't serve so many, like, like sandbars. Like, it's mostly, like, reef breaks and, like, points and stuff like that. We just get, like, we have these machines, right? Like, you know, you just... Yeah, like, it's so nice to go there and, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like, I'm, it spo- I'm spoiled. Like, you, w- when you get used to some of these spots so much that you're just, like, you're not even looking at the wave. You don't have to even look at your sh- over your shoulder. You what Like, you feel it. Like, you're like, okay, like, I'm not even looking at <laughs> Like, yeah. I know how it works. Um how has how, what do you think the best part of the surf scene here is for you um just it's like a really it's a pretty small town mm-hmm. and you kind of like most of the time you know most of the people out yeah. and it's just cool that way it's not like you go down the lowers and you're sitting out there with like 100 people that you've never yeah. seen in your yeah. life and yeah. it's kind of like everyone's pretty friendly and kind of like it's like hey how's it going uh, yeah that's probably the coolest thing I like is just like kind of knowing everyone and like seeing someone in the parking lot and knowing them and just they'll like tell you where they surfed last time and kind of like there's no kind of like faking you out kind of shit uh, like. there definitely is but for the most part like it's kind of hard to be like that to people <laughs> like, what you know what are you going to keep secret like <laughs> like it's like it's it's you can see Jeez. up and down the shore really especially easily. driving a big yellow van everyone, yeah <laughs> <laughs> everyone will pull it will see the van just pull in but I'll definitely like try and be like, oh, sir, like, like where'd you surf? Like, oh, like, just say the town. Like, oh, it. Well, that's a, I mean, that's the thing though with surfing, right? You don't, don't want to be like specific. You don't want to like drop a pin. Like, you don't no. want to be like, like, oh, here, you know what? Give me your phone. Like, I'll, you know, kind of. Or maybe you want to drop a pin somewhere else and be like, yeah, I surfed here. Go ahead, have fun. <laughs> See, I'm a, I wouldn't do that, but I was just, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard too because there's like a few different groups that I like surf with, and then like when it's good, like. We're all, we're all kind of like texting but yeah not to all of us just like be like a couple guys like where are you surfing and another guy's like oh i'm going out here and i'm like i don't really want to tell all of us to go no isn't isn't that the, like spot. the worst isn't that the worst shit though when you're like juggling the kind of like it sucks because they're all your good friends and uh-huh. you're like well 
I want to surf with all of you, but not at the same time. <laughs> no, no, no. And here's the thing. I mean, anyone who listens to this episode who's friends with me now is going to find out the dirty truth. Like, like I text with all of them right before I go to sleep, and there's I make the decision at certain points of, like, usually around 10 o'clock. Like, the texts start at 8, and then usually around 10 p.m., like, right before I'm going to go to bed, that's when I make the decision of, like, okay, who's the two people you want to surf with? And then that's the people that, like, I still keep texting with, and the other one's, like... All right, everybody's going to know about this. I pretend I fall asleep. Yeah. And so, I, like, they're like, oh, where were you yesterday? And I'll be like, oh, I winded up surfing with so-and-so, and I just leave it at that. Because you can't. You can't take, like, like you can't roll up to a spot, like, like with, like, like 20 people. Like, it's like, it's like. Yeah, especially here when it's, like, you know there's your your friend and, like, two of his friends out by themselves at yeah. this little wave they found. And you then, don't want to fuck that And they're up. like, oh, like, it's pretty sick. We're going out. And, like, you're not going to tell, like, six more dudes to come. No, no, no. no. There's there's no way. It's, we, so, it's something I've learned to kind of juggle because I tend to be, like, an overshare, and I want everybody to surf together. Like, I'm, like in my vision, like, I always picture in my head, I'm like, oh, all my friends could surf together. But then it's like what you were saying, like, I have to think about the fact that there's already people there, and I'm going to look like a fucking dick. If I show up with, like, 20 people. Yeah. Like, I just did a filming mission. Not a filming mission. We just did one filming day where I was, like, I it was the last two days that we could shoot for Lucy's. And I was, like, I just need to get two people on camera. There were two people I had to get on camera. And we've been trying for a month. And there were no waves and blah, blah, And then one day popped up. I'm, like, hey, look, it's not going to be perfect here, but let's go. And we decided to go to Topanga. And me just showing up with a filmer and two other people at Topanga was, like, and I go there all the time, and I, I, I'm never going to be a local there, and I totally get it, and I never want to be. And I just got fucking talked down to so much, and I was like, oh, my God, like, holy shit, like, just two people. Can like, yeah. In a, in, a, in a place that's like, there was, like, probably 120 people there that day, and I'm like, really? This is the fucking shit, shit you get upset about? But I get it. I get the I, other yeah, end of I, it. Yeah, I get both, both ends, for sure. Like, I have that with my friend Mike, who's, like, kind of, like... Like, he has a couple, like, secret OC spots, and I'm yeah. always, like, and, like, my friends will be, like, oh, where are you going surfing tomorrow? I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to OC with Mike. Like, I'm just going to leave it like that. Like, I'm not, I can't even tell you where I'm going. Like, I love you. You're my close friends. Yeah. But that's as far as it goes. <laughs> like, because if not, I wouldn't be able to surf these spots. Um, what do you think the worst thing about the surf community here is? Um, worst thing. It's a hard one. Um... Just the, yeah, everyone's kind of just has the mindset of just one board for all waves, which is, it's cool, like, those, those stroke boards are sick. Yeah. But. If you have the waves for them. They're, it's just, yeah, they're, they're good in good waves, and, but they're made to be good in all waves kind of thing, and. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I can't really, like, nerd out with, like, someone about cool boards. Yeah. I'm, like, two or three friends that are, like, into it, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but like, think, those boards are cool too. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. But I know what you're saying. But I mean, don't don't you think? They work good. Do you see that changing a little bit more? Or do you think definitely? It's, like more people are trying to like try other stuff out. Definitely. Like not necessarily long boards. Yeah, like especially everyone seems to want a twin fin now. Like. No, that's the hot shit now. Everyone's like, I want a fish, and I'm like, cool. Like yeah. that's cool, whatever. But it's it's just funny. It seems like that's the one that everyone. I mean, is, I. Like, I want to fish. I guess it's. I think it's ever since that Ryan Birch part in the Vulcan movie. Well, yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, everyone's that's like, I'm, oh, they they work. Like, yeah, I want one. Yeah, but have you ever seen one of those Ryan Birch's fishes? No. In, see, we don't get the sequel like all those boards. No, because they're they're, they're they totally exist. unrealistic. They're like unrideable, and like unless you're you're really good. 
They're not approachable. I haven't even seen one. They look cool, and he shreds them, but... Chris is making... So Chris is trying to make ones like him. Okay. So Chris is trying to make... Like, his fishes, like he told me, is like a combination between a traditional Steve Liz and a Ryan Birch. And mostly because of how much... How well Ryan Birch's pivot. That's, like, his thing. So it's like... I think he said something about the rocker. It's got a lot to do with the rocker, how it's shaped, more than anything else. He said it's, like, it's got, like, this weird kind of funky rocker to it that he hand, like, planes out or something. Like, it's not a stock rocker, so he's, like, that has something to do with it. But I also think with the fishes, because I have friends of mine who are, like, thruster junkies. I think fishes are, like, the most approachable after you come after a thruster. Like, if you know how to surf a thruster, you'll figure out a fish pretty well. Yeah. And then you look at someone like like Rasta like I mean yeah like everybody wants everybody wants to surf like that like you look at that you're like yeah I kind of want to do that you know but then you forget it's like yeah but that's him (laughs) yeah he can jump on like this table right here and probably rip it apart you know he'd be he could surf anything how did you um get into shaping like how, how how did that start um just I've just been around it my whole life and seems like my dad does it and I feel I would feel dumb if I didn't learn it you know like I would feel I feel like I have to Uh but I'm also super into it and love surfboards and always like love feeling them and talking about them and riding them and everything and then it's also hard to like you have this like vision in your head of this board you want Uh and then you have to explain it to someone else and get them to make it yeah and it's like why don't I just make it because this I know what I, how I want it to be yeah yeah but right now I'm not I don't really know what I'm doing yet still so like I've only made <laughs> 17 boards but I'm getting there so who, who was your, da- was your dad first it. showing you how to do it yeah he's taught me what everything because he runs uh, what's the place Gale Force Glassing yeah so he did that's his joint so he's done that and he only started shaping like like eight years ago or okay. ten years ago maybe because uh-huh. he was a glasser his whole life oh he, he was a, and he had a business partner and he was the shaper uh-huh. and dad was the glasser okay and like they had a full operation and then shaper moved to hawaii uh-huh. and then he was getting like ghost shapers around locally to like make his boards and then he just was like i gotta learn how to shape yeah and he figured it out super quick and yeah he shapes them so what what is he what was he what is he mostly shaping your dad whatever people want oh, it's kind of like it's just people like yeah. yeah like the little kids will come by and get like a 411 grom shortboard uh-huh. and then like the big old guy wants like a seven six fun board like yeah. three and a half inches thick oh jesus and then a lot of people want everyone that gets a longboard around here usually just goes to him and is like make me what you ride and they want like a nine of a foxy thruster high pro high pro yeah. like something easy to carry to the beach and like you catch know, waves catch waves and like just for like the little summer days, they want to stand up and like ride away. Yeah, yeah. Or they go to Murray Ross, which is the other guy in the factory, uh-huh. and um, get a longboard. He makes like more traditional style. Yeah, I've seen his boards at like Whalebone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has. He's he shaped with. Um, he he saw like Takayama shape and stuff, and a few people like Dog, that yeah. over there. And he's just like old like traditional style. Uh-huh. Complete other end. Yeah, his his look like Donald's like style boards like like Nueva style yeah nose riders and, and like Jacobs and yeah all they, those. It's, like it's, he has a lot of those templates and yeah they're in that he like game. does a lot of the same stuff he's all about 
All he needs is a skill and under. Skill and under. It's, <laughs> it's cool. And, um, Have you learned anything from him? Yeah, I've I've been watching him too, and uh. them two are like the the people in the factory that I get to actually watch. Uh huh. Really, and then this other guy, Lin Shell, is in there, but he's not there very often. But I watched him one time. Uh huh. And then this other guy, um, Josh Peterson, who's like younger. He's like about my age, and yeah, he's, he's making cool. some really good boards for um WRV, like wave riding vehicles. Yeah, 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 yeah. And actually, last week I watched him shape a board, and he taught me a, a lot, and. He trained with Bushman shaping in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like has all these notes, and I like read through them and stuff. And those sports, when you go to like when you go to the fucking Sunset Point, like everyone who lives there who's a local, that's what they run. Yeah, every single one of them. Like I didn't never heard of the brand until I got there, and I was like, that's all they. Were. Yeah, he was lucky enough to like learn from him, and he was he's nice enough to let me go over there and watch him, and he's super nice about like sharing information and uh-huh. stuff and. I'm just trying to learn. I'm. I still don't know. What was the first board? Few, what was boards. the first board that you wanted to shape and that you actually shaped? Well, there's a few boards that I like, kind of like halfway shaped and like would mess up and be over it because I ruined the outline. And then my dad would like save it. <laughs> so like, there's like two, probably two boards that like I don't really count. But the first one that I shaped and like made was um, right when I got back from Australia. Uh-huh. I made a board really similar to my McTavish involvement, uh-huh. and well, same template at least. It's came out super chunky, uh-huh. but I just wanted to. I just wanted like a fresh one. I kind of wanted to retire that one yeah. and like only ride it sometimes. Yeah. Not the everyday board anymore. Yeah, because yeah. It was really expensive. I don't want to have it forever. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, that was the first one I tried to actually make was a longboard, and I actually glassed and sanded that one with some help from my dad. And then I haven't glassed or sanded since. That how so how is hard. how is that board ride? It rides pretty well. It's pretty. Is that the one you had on the beach the other day? Or? No, that's my newer one that uh-huh. I just made. But it looks really bad, and the rails are so thick, and just it gets real thin in the nose. All of a sudden, there's like a really weird like dip in the rocker, uh-huh. and like concaves all uneven. And it's, <laughs> it's a weird board, but it's, it's weird because I rode it like all summer last summer and. Just figured it out, I guess, and like it works pretty good. Like I've gotten really good waves on it, and I can always get on it, and it works. You know, yeah, it doesn't not work. Logs are sometimes a little forgiving too. It's like you get away with like little like kind of discrepancies on. Yeah, and that one like was so thick. The next one I, sh- the next longboard at least I shaped, I wanted it to come out, you know, like real thin and blady and like yeah, not like that one. Yeah, yeah. And then this one came out way too thin, and the ends like razor sharp on the tail and nose. <laughs> And, like, it worked good, but it just, I didn't love it and sold it. And then now the third longboard I made is my newer one, and it's kind of a happy medium. Uh I'm pretty happy with it. It works pretty good. And you're going to start selling to people? Yeah, well, I've been making some boards for friends Uh for, like, pretty cheap and just to, like, make more boards and get more practice. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. I mean, that's how, like, a lot of people do it. They just sell to their friends who want them, and they're like, here you go. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, look, I don't, I'm not, like, the guy to get like the sickest board from but yeah if you want i can try yeah you know? and they're like oh yeah i want a board from you and i'm like sweet let's do it but you get to shape your own boards which i think is kind of rad like you get to like like you know you were saying about this you have this board vision inside your head and you're not going to be able to find out i mean here it's like you have limited resources right you don't have like like shops like we have back home yeah you can't like, just go like feel up like a sick yeah. board or like go to like a, a shaper that's like well known and like they have this board that you know you want it's yeah. like 
Like, Murray's boards are really good, but I don't want, like, those California-style, like, wide it's too boards. Much. And, and that's what he shapes. I don't want to go to him and try and get, like, like a crazy, like, pig, like, something that he's never made. And yeah, not, like, or, like, Aussie-style. He's not, like, into it yeah. too much. And then my dad just, like, doesn't even want to shape me boards because he's busy and <laughs> he doesn't know how to... He, he likes, like, lightweight, high-performance. Like, make it really yeah, light. Yeah, so I'm like, well... No one wants to shape me this board, so I'm gonna do it. So you might as well do it yourself. And then I just, I just want to learn something that I'm interested in and having fun doing. No, it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's a good skill, especially like that you could do it for yourself. I wish, like I hope down the road, like you know, a couple of years from now, that I could start like just not shaping to shape for other people, but just like in my head, be like, okay, I want this board. Instead of paying someone else to do it, I'll go and rent yeah. time in a shaping room and just fucking buy a blank and make it myself and I know glassers and send it to the glasser and I saved some money and I made it myself and it's exactly the shape I want and it's you know especially when it comes to logs now it's like there's this progression you know at least from what I'm seeing there's obviously like the whole gambits out there right like even if you take like high pro to traditional but in the like quote unquote traditional like there's a lot of things that are sprinkling through that's kind of crazy dude I'm I'm I don't care. I like both sides. Yeah. Not like, and I'm not going to ride a high pro. Yeah. But there's definitely things that I want to try. Like, I want to make like a really, like a shorter, lightweight, mm-hmm. like longboard, like a 9 or something. And yeah. have edge in the tail and, you know, like. That's actually starting, like, like. Have like more of like a, like going to like shred kind of board, you know. Yeah, yeah. Especially for here on like a steep, like short ride beach break. Like, yeah. Something can maneuver really quick and. It's not like a tanker, you know? I mean, that's why, like, Chris's boards, like, that's... I mean, like, I was telling you the other day, that's why, like, they work. Like, yeah. like he makes his boards to serve fucking shitty Hermosa. Like, that's what he makes his boards for. He'll, like, say, day in, day out, it's like, shitty Hermosa board. His boards fucking work for that. They're thin, they're foiled, they're fucking... Yeah. A little bit of hardtail, like... Like, I love that shit. Um, now, you've traveled, like, all over the, the world for, like, surfing. Where's some of the... Your favorite places to have gone? Um, well, Australia is the best place I've been, like, no doubt. And when did you go and do that? Um, I think it was three years ago. Uh-huh. I went over there with two friends from home, and we bought a van in West Australia and worked and stuff, and then drove over to the East Coast, and they ended up going home, and uh-huh. I stayed there for, like, another year by myself, <laughs> living in the van. You're like, I'll see surfing. you in a week, and then <laughs> you weren't back for, like, a year. Yeah, well, living with three people in a van was pretty hard. Oh, that's... And I was definitely more stoked on surfing. They they like surfing too, but not to the extent mm-hmm. like where they want to surf all day every day and that's it. Yeah. And that's all I wanted to do. And yeah. we are in like Byron Bay and oh, stuff. It. You know, like dude, I've watched videos of this place my whole life. Like, uh-huh. right, I'm a regular footer, so I'm in right point break heaven. Yeah, perfect. And I just bought a McTavish involvement. Yeah, you're. Like, like, I'm trying to be here as long as I can. Yeah. You know. Who'd you meet out there? Out of the guys. Um. Well, first, as soon as the guys left, I went up to Noosa for the first time, and I said I was going for the weekend, and I ended up being there for like three months, I think. <laughs> um, met a good crew up there, like um, this guy Max Forrester, I think uh, his last name is. He was like one of my really good friends over there, and um, a few other guys like Ollie, and um, just this little like underground kind of crew and like Jim this guy forget his last name his name's Jim and he's really good he works at Thomas Surfboards okay 
So I met a few of those guys and was surfing up there. And then went back down to Byron Bay and met, like, Jay, a guy. Uh-huh. He was really good. And started, he was, like, one of my best friends over there. Oh, cool. Byron. And we surfed a lot. And this guy, Michael Asen, Asen? Oh, um, no. Big Spazzo. Yeah. He, he took a bunch of photos of us all the time. He was, like, in our crew. Uh-huh. And that was pretty cool. But kind of just saw everyone... Now, did you did you feel like when you went there that your surfing changed from surfing there? Um, I think it, I think so. I and mean, I feel like I it improved because that's all I did. I didn't have a job for a year uh-huh. and just surfed every day. Uh-huh. But it was hard because I didn't have a longboard for like six months when we were in West Australia. Uh-huh. So I was just like dying to get over there and like pulled up. And the first day, Watergoes had like this perfect peeler and I was like, went straight to McTavish and picked one off the rack. Yeah, fuck it. It's like, all right, it's time to get yeah. a longboard. And yeah, definitely was really cool to surf all those waves and like see like all the all the dudes, uh-huh. you know, that you see in the videos and they're all really nice and it's Yeah, I mean everyone awesome. in the community is like definitely pretty chill. I don't think there's like, you know, you hear bad stories here and there, but like in the most part like I think there's this unity just because there's not a lot, like theoretically there's not a lot of people doing this. And it's yeah. kind of a thing where it's like you find people that have the same thing in common. Like it's it's dope, you know. It's like definitely like, like I know even in like Southern California, as much as like, there's a Malibu vibe and like that's just, that is what it is. But like most people are kind of like when you see two people who are logging out there, like they'll talk to each other even. If yeah, <clears throat> like if you see someone, you can, you can just tell like, all right, they're definitely like me. You know? Yeah. You'd be like, oh, especially if you see them more than once, and you're like, what's up? And yeah. Then like. Well, where are you from? Do that whole thing, yeah. and then like, you're like kind of buddies, and yeah, it's yeah. fun compared to like, if you were to like pal out a shoreboard somewhere and it's just like silent and you're sitting there waiting and like, just, yeah, you know? <laughs> everyone looks the same. Everyone's on that like, that like firewire yeah. <clears throat> Kelly Slater board and like or that Hayden Shapes board, and they're all like, same wetsuit, yeah. same. You're gonna go out to like like a debuff or whatever, yeah, my snapper, yeah. Like if you were to serve there every day for a year you're not going to meet very many people no probably. no no probably not but if you surf like you know like somewhere where there's a bunch of people longboard and that's what you're doing like you're going to meet everyone that goes there yeah because it, yeah it's, it's it's a little bit of a tight-knit crew i know it's like that and you know like i said there's like that's the thing that's kind of nice about like the sano and the like doheny scene more yeah. than like up north like up north where i am it's like more people are chill down there than like if you surf like like the malazu crew is just like fucking annoying I'll be, I'll be the first one to admit it. Just say it's yeah, like, I've never been there. I'm excited to go next month. Yeah, it's a fun wave. It's, it's. I think this summer it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's just that like, there's no rules. Yeah. Like it's turned into like no rules. Like, I've heard. It's I've heard the stories. It's like it's it's so it's so bad, and it's crazy to me because like a place like like San O, like. There could be like four or five people taking off on the same wave. But it doesn't feel like that crazy. Like it doesn't like there's rule like there's kind of common sense rules. Like if you get too like if people get too close to each other, they pull out. Like you know, kind of thing. Like they you yeah. know they do that kind of thing. Versus Malibu, it's like all of a sudden you'll have like one good wave come in and it's like twenty people drop in and they don't give two fucks and you're like what? that's how it is at um at the pass as well. Is it? Yeah, it's just kind of free for all. <sighs> I can't like do it. the set comes in there'd be like five dudes dropping in and. You know, you just, you hop sometimes, like, I'll just go, you know? Yeah. This is a set wave, like, I'm going to go and see what happens. Yeah. And if you're going for a second and, like, there's a dude that's, like, pumping all aggressive yeah. behind you, you kick out. But yeah, yeah. If it's, like, some, like, German guy on a soft top, 
going straight. No, like, you're, you're going to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of, like, you kind of hope for those people, the, the, the straight-to-shore people, because yeah. they kind of become, like, I know at Malibu, because they come to blockers, like, you kind of, like, I was like, I'll be honest, like, part of my strategy is, like, half of that. Like, I try to find those people and sit to the right of them. Yeah, let and them go. I let them go, and then I see that they go straight, and then I just drop it. And I'm like, they they yeah. were like a linebacker. They, like, cleared the way for me, and I'm fine. <laughs> I'll get that inside section. It's a great, I mean, look, it's it's Malibu. It's a perfect wave. It's like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but, you know, I know, like, this last, like, week and a half that we were there, um, before we came out here like with the first like taste of swell it was seriously like blood in the water like for sharks like it was fucking insane like i remember showing up like super early in the morning and i was like you gotta be fucking kidding me like already on a weekday it's like this like this is fucking it's it's too much um you also surfed in the um single fin mingle right a couple years ago yeah i did that um i think two years ago Uh uh-huh or yeah not the last one that went down but the one before that and how was that it was really cool. Ambrose puts on really, really fun. Yeah. Not just the contest, like the whole weekend. Uh-huh. And it's like really small town where he's from and the local So he's from there? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And the local restaurants and bars kind of like make it, like he talks to them and they know we're here and they make it all work for us and make uh-huh. it easy and it's just really fun. Everyone dresses up in suits and... Yeah, I see, I always see the videos from it, like I post it on like, like I do like kind of event recaps on it. Yeah. And I'm always like... Man, this fucking looks dope. Like, There's like the biggest like clothes thrift store warehouse thing uh-huh. ever there. Like, oh, so is that what yeah. it is? Like everybody. So we went like, straight there. We took a bus there and we just loaded up with like all these different outfits yeah. for like ten bucks. Uh-huh. Like so many suits, ties, pants, dress shoes, belt, like the whole <laughs> just hat, everything, <laughs> and just tried to like dress up for the whole weekend and. It was a really fun time. See, that's I never understood why everybody like I was like, oh, this is like some like they're kind of this is their like hipster surf vibe. Like this is how they dress. But now hearing that you guys were just buying random stuff and kind of just like chilling and stuff. It's like, yeah, we were just. I mean, some people wear it, and we we kind of wear it too. But like, I still have like two of the blazers in my closet. <laughs> they're pretty. They're so cheap and they're pretty cool looking. Like, that's awesome. Wear it every once in a while. What? How did you place there? Um, not good. Not good. I think I made the first round that I did. And then I got knocked in the second one. But uh-huh. Did you beat Hudson when you were out there? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Hudson's super chill. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. He He's a man. Everyone said that we looked like each other the whole you, time. You, could, you guys kind of do, which is like... like people of, like You guys could up, pass for brothers. People like come up to me at like NoosaFest like from behind and like, like put their arm, like, what up, Hudson? And like, oh, wait. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you do, you do kind of <laughs> look like him. That's why I brought it up. He's kind of become the like... Uh, the Bruce Wayne of like the logging world dude he rips it's crazy yeah it was really cool to like watch him surf and like all those guys the MS guys too. yeah like Jordan Speed and yeah the whole MS crew this guy Connor surfs backside insane and Sam Crookshanks and yeah like the little guys like Kai and yeah yeah and Kale they're it's so dude good. they have like a sick crew dude and Ivy's on the crew now the, yeah. the whole crew is they just rip I always I, they have that one video that they put out that's them like going to like Noosa and a bunch of random spots and I remember seeing it and I was like, holy shit! Like these guys. Dude, are the videos don't even do it justice. I like, can imagine. Seeing them in person is like crazy. They keep, those boards just seem like they work. It's weird. Yeah, he he makes like pretty, some pretty awesome they're, boards. They're out there. They're not like anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. No, he's but on his own trip. And they put their fins so the fins always seem to look they're so far forward compared to like I've always had them like pretty far back and. Especially like California style ones, See, always right on the tail. 
and his are like way up there. I push mine all the way to the front. Yeah, I, I have mine all the way in the back. I'm box. like, I'm like, I like it like almost like pretty much right at the tail. Yeah, yeah. I'm like a like push it as far as the box goes kind of thing. Just it's like a mostly because I surf with like a greeno, like a big greeno, and it's like I just want that quick turn. Like I want to mm. like not put any effort into it, and I want to yeah. almost be able to turn. Like in the middle of the board, if I want to, just with a little yeah. angle. Bump. That's where I got that from. Matt was one of the guys. Matty C was one of the guys who's just like a. He's a big proponent. He's like just fucking push it to the front. That's like, funny. I actually had my fin all the way back in my box with my McTavish, and he was like, "Good fin placement." Like, oh, he oh he's he stoked did. on it. Well, I think unless he's being no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. He has this weird thing he was showing us where it's like you take the fin out and you. Put, I didn't understand this. Like I was just like too stupid to get it. Like, you basically put it along the edge of the tail, and, like, it's something about, like, where the edge of the fin rests on the edge of the tail. You could flip the fin over and then turn it, and that's where it should be on the board. I don't know. It's some weird thing where he, like, basically, like, lays it down. I Like, this is the tail of the board. And he takes the fin, and he lays it down, and then he, like, pivoted, like, that up, and he's like, that's where it should be. Like, But it had to match on the edge of the board. Like, it had to only show, like... Like a little bit, and he was like, "Okay," and then you pivot. It was like a weird thing. Like I didn't yeah, he's it. really technical. No, no, I love him. He, he's, he's like he, he's like the shit. But it's like he was the one who was like, he's like, oh, he's like, he, he saw my fin place, and he's like, oh, he's like, that's like that's like you know, Bob and those guys like all the way to front. I'm like, man, that's f-. I was like, if I could, every longboard I have, I'd move the fucking box like an inch forward. Like I love how that feels. Um, if you could see one thing change in logging down here or in surfing general down here, what would it be? Um. Besides, there being more ways, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I kind of just wish we had like a couple more jetties, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or something. Keep some sand in a couple places that are always like, that's like gonna be a good spot yeah. instead of. But I kind of like it too because it's like you have the opportunity here to find your own, own peak. But yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. It seems I wouldn't really change anything. I don't think. Mm, then if you think it's perfect it's not perfect at all but, but it's I home. like where it, it is and where it's going yeah and it's cool it's do you have a lot of a lot of guys who are start, uh, guys and girls who are starting to pick up like logging or yeah a bunch of my friends um, well not a bunch but there's a few guys that are slowly like starting to do it and like my friend Colby Gardner and Will Holmes they're starting to longboard really good and yeah. it's cool it's fun like having people to surf with that are good like finally i have someone to go out with yeah them. and then there's like a few guys in virginia beach that uh-huh. there's like way more of a scene up there I guess. yeah oh yeah yeah but i've been up there twice and it was flat both times so i've never surfed up there i mean that's where the but, first duct tape was yeah that's crazy it was like a, a, which i think the ecs like, which i think is fucking nuts yeah like, i don't i can't believe they had joel there. told me that i was like what yeah but yeah, there's a few there's a few guys up there like this guy Josh and I met this guy Adam. Uh-huh. After, I don't know their last name, but they um they came down and hit me up and like where are we where where should we surf? And I was like, dude, I'm off. Like let's go surf. And they were riding some of those Black Rose. Yeah, boards. Justin's boards. Yeah, and um and some Ricky. They had the other guy to Ricky Carroll. And it was cool to try those boards and surf with like another guys from the East Coast and they're yeah. good at longboarding. And then there's a crew like I guess in Wilmington like North Carolina but I don't really know any of them and then what's that like Wrightsville Beach yeah like down in Wrightsville and then there's some Florida guys that are really good they've came up a few times lately like Saxon mm-hmm, Wilson yeah. and Ryan Patrick Conklin and yeah this guy Pat Nichols they're really good I think Saxon is in the in the relic next week whoa I, I know think, he's going out there right now yeah cause he Jake, was in the duct tape yeah cause Justin's Spain out one. there now 
Yeah, like I, I saw know that. The, and they're running the. They're running the. Fu- they're gonna run the. The. They finally decide that they're gonna run it the last two days. So they're running it the twenty fourth, and the 20th. at the at Malibu. Yeah. So yeah. probably when this is published, it's already gonna be going on. But I know Devin sent me a note that said, "Okay, this is when we're doing it." Blah blah. Because Devin Howard's in charge of their uh-huh. marketing now. Um, he's like helping them put it on. So. That's a great contest. Yeah, I, I don't really... It just kind of popped up. I didn't really hear much about it. And then I saw everyone posting about, like, some surf relic uh-huh. event. And then it was, like, like a crazy big purse or something. Yeah, so what it is is... So they did it last year as a test event in Malibu. Yeah. And from what I understand, there's this company that's behind it. And the guy... Somehow... I don't, I don't know the exact details, so don't quote me on this. I don't think it's 100% right. But somehow, one of the guys who was co-founder of Equinox Gyms, you know that company? Uh-uh. They're like a huge like gym company, like okay. a fitness center place, like huge. They started in New York years ago, like 20 years ago. His daughter, High Pro Longboards, and they weren't any good contests. And I think he partnered with CJ Nelson, and they started this thing, this company. Yeah, I remember CJ, it seemed like he, would, he was kind of... Yeah, he was like in charge of it last year, whatever in charge of it means. But I remember last year. So they did a test event at Malibu last year, and it was awesome. And I went to it. And honestly, it's like there's pros and cons to it, and everybody's going to argue the pros and cons. But, I mean, from from pure, like, spectator perspective, it was, like, kind of awesome. Like, they had, like, nice chairs, and, like, like, the announcers were actually, like, intelligent. Like, they were kind of, like, talking about stuff. Like, if you didn't know anything about surfing and you, like, wandered on the beach, you would actually get a little bit of education, which I think is something that's lacking in surfing. So I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah. like my wife was the first one who pointed out. She's like, oh, I didn't know that's why the boards were like that. And I'm like, like, me, I was like, yeah, I fucking knew that. But, uh, like, yeah. it was cool for her to say that. Like, I was like, oh, maybe this is kind of working. Like, there's something here. Yeah. So they did it last year, and then this year they were going to do it in a couple of places. They were thinking about doing it in Europe was one of the stops. And then they decided, I think, for 2018 that it would be Malibu in June, and then, amazingly, they got the trestles permit. Yeah, I, I saw they were having it at Lowers. I was like, whoa. They got the, the permit That's when the – usually the WSL contest is. Oh, I'm, okay. Because WSL – They're not doing it this year. Yeah, and they're trying to claim that they're not doing it because they didn't want to do it. I think it's bullshit. I think they fell asleep on the uh, – well, I heard that's what they did in Hawaii with yeah. the pipe as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to pull permits in time. Or yeah, something. and then they were like, Honolulu was like, no. Like, we're not bending over for, like, anybody. Like, no. Like, you yeah. you didn't do it in the time frame. Everyone, like, what I've heard is that the people from the Relic had all the paperwork 100% filled out perfectly and waited for, like, that clock to tick open. Like, almost like when, you know, I don't know if you hear these stories about, like, NBA players who become free agents. Like, yeah. when it hits midnight, the fucking agent's, like, at the front door, like, opening the door, and there's, like, a team waiting. Yeah. Like, with that kind of scenario, like, they basically were like, here's all the paperwork. And they are like, okay, this is legit. Here's the permit. And WSL thought, like, well, we automatically get it. It's like, no, they have it now. I mean, it's a score. Like, I got to be honest, for the Relic people, it's an unbelievable score. Granted, it's going to be because it's the fact that it's, like, a high-pro contest. I do wonder what the community backlash to it's going to be because that's going to be really interesting because it's, like, they've never really had a longboard contest there, so I don't know. I also don't get why, on the logging end of it, they're not running it at churches. True. I've I've never been. I've never served either of the those waves. I've always gone to just uppers because it's way less crowded. Yeah, yeah, it's cottons, but 
it seemed like I've seen the videos, you know. Lowers churches is off. Like the churches shit. looks like my kind of wave. Yeah. I'm going there next week. I was like for my friend's birthday, and I was like, dude, it's like I don't get why they're not running. Like, I guess they probably couldn't pull a permit for churches. Although it's interesting because they do like they do this other contest at churches, the gathering of the tribes. That's all the like mm-hmm. local surf clubs in like uh, California. Yeah, they do that contest that happened a couple of months ago, like two months ago. They get a permit for that anyway. The relic thing, and they so they have a lot of money behind it. I think the good thing is the positive thing is for people like yourself, you have an opportunity to like possibly win shit ton of money that would be which is which is amazing on the other end of it for people like yourself you're not surfing in it that kind of sucks there's two ends to it like they have like this invitational bullshit which seems a little fucking bullshit yeah yeah like i'll be the first one to admit it i'm sorry guys but i get it though because then you know i mean people would enter it yeah i mean you have to have a cap but it's like you have to be realistic about it like you know what i mean like i don't know like I've I've gone to like a couple of events. Like I've seen the duct tape, and I, the duct tape Joel does like I think it's getting back to what it's supposed to be. Like the one they did in Spain, like like this last one was that's what it should be. Like it's like he invited people. Like he invited like Saxon. He invited like um, Levi Prairie. He invited like some of the regulars, some of the non-regulars. Yeah, there's people in it I'd never heard of. Yeah, which I thought was cool. No, they did an amazing job, and, and they like, did an amazing job. And, I mean, that's the thing that like regardless, it's super cool. I mean, they have to... I think the thing is, in competitive logging, or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you have to realize that there's more people out there that you don't know about. That's why, like, like that thing, you know, the, the two, one fin... Oh, the one wave, one fin thing. Thing, yeah. Yeah. That's why it's fucking genius what, what Tully does. Like, I'm yeah. like, that is like... Like, there could be some kid that surfs in Alaska that you've never fucking heard of that rips. Like, that's kind of awesome that you can find out about them. Or somebody that's doing something, like last year, you know, Levi won, and he's doing something totally different than anybody else is doing out there. Yeah, his wave is sick, too. Yeah. Like, he's fucking, it's like controlled chaos to watch him surf. I've never seen anyone surf like that in my life. Like, it's fucking. Yeah, I've never seen him yet, but. It's, like, weird. My friend Colby met him, I think, over in California. But, I mean, if you're going to stay in Costa Mesa, you're going to probably wind up surfing with those guys like him and Grant and stuff like that. And especially Yeah, I met Grant one time. Yeah. We'd like to call them the Black Nail Polish Crew. Oh, yeah. But what is it? Black Nail Polish Marlboro Cigarettes? That's what they, we call them in L.A. Because it's like every time you go there, they're just like black nail polish, like smoking in the parking lot. And like they yeah. weigh like maybe 60 pounds with their wetsuit on. <laughs> like super skinny. That's classic. Um, in closing, um, if you had to pick one wave that you've surfed in your life um, to be your favorite one, where is it and why? Um, one wave. I would probably say Noosa Heads. Uh-huh. Like the kind of like Nationals section into Little Cove. Uh-huh. This little bit called Johnson's that is just super fast and usually kind of uncrowded and uh-huh. just really, really fun. That was probably the best. I've had my best sessions there. Like surfing till dark and like just like a bunch of like really close friends good crew and everyone's like the car park's right there and everyone's like having beers that aren't surfing and then whoever's still out it's like just having fun awesome being a regular footer it's like noosa in general that whole town and the whole place jesus when you when you see crazy when you i I hate to say it i hate drone footage in general but if when you see drone footage of that 
like Dude. to help you understand how it breaks. You're like, there's five point breaks in a row. Like it's insane. Like it's a fucking cra- yeah. like the most insane wave I've ever seen. Like I was like, I can understand why you stayed there. <laughs> like I wouldn't leave. Yeah, I got I, I worked my visa magic and got like year and five months over there. And I still can't believe the last that. day I was actually in in Nusa was the best day ever. Like. How crowded it like does overhead. it get there, though? So like it's it gets really crowded, but you also have, like, all the different points to spread it out. So it's well. manageable. It's manageable. Yeah. And, like, the more you surf, the more comfortable you get, and, like, the deeper you'll sit, the more people you'll know, and you just start getting more waves. And Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty mellow. And a lot of, like, the best part is, too, like, party waves, too, with, like, your buddy. You're, like, you're both kind of, like, turning for it. You're, like, go, and, like, you both go, yeah. and, like, you're doing crossovers, and... Or just like trying to hop on their board, or like, just whatever. Now see, it's that's fun. like that's what seems like it seems like a better, better vibe out there. Like I said, like e- even if you wanted to, you could not do that in like LA. Like it would not be like yeah. it would be so proud. I mean, it gets crazy, but it's pretty. Uh, I've never been to Malibu, but it seems a little mellower. And yeah, no, it seems it seems way mellow. The problem with Malibu is that there technically is like only one or two takeoff spots if you will but now this river opened up yeah and pushed a lot of sand it, it's sections so like there's technically a couple of more takeoff spots but the thing is some people can make the section you're not sure like you gotta kind of like just wait like wait in that pocket and see if they're like sometimes you're like oh they're definitely not gonna make the section you take off and then all of a sudden you look over your shoulder and like fuck how the fuck did they do that's that? yeah that's exactly how like the little johnson section is it's like you're coming in from this one point nationals and all the people sitting in little cove are like waiting to take yeah. off because they don't think you're going to make it and like sometimes you don't but you, on the right tide like you're making it, it every time and you're going the fastest you possibly can see it's 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 a little harder like i think now how the sand has moved at at uh at malibu to make to make the section but it's like every once in a while you'll you'll get it. i mean i was there that day that like i don't know if you saw that video of like what's his name alan sarlow like he surfed from like basically like third point to the beach. Um, the fucking it. craziest thing I've ever seen in my life on this like fluorescent like green like shortboard, and you just see him coming from like third point, and it's going to like second, and I'm like, how the fuck is he? And everybody on the beach is just watching this. Yeah. And he's just pumping through every single thing, and it's like he makes it all the way first point, makes it through that first section, and then like basically all the way to the beach, and then gets out of the sand. And I was like. I fucking hate you. That's like probably like it was probably like like a minute, like right, like it was like insane to watch. Like I was like that was probably like a minute straight that you were just yeah, like, leg burners, crazy. Um, all right, well thanks for joining us and uh, yeah, we'll see you out there. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Thanks so much to Asher for sitting down with us and hanging out, talking about surfing in the Outer Banks. You know, I love highlighting people like Asher because the beauty of what I do and what social media can do, the positive sides of it anyway, are that we can highlight these people that don't get a lot of shine and make sure they get it. Sitting down with him really was important because I wanna feature, as much as I wanna feature the the Joels and the Devins and the Cassius of the world, I also wanna feature people like him who you know I think deserve shine and who are going places. So I hope you guys enjoy that interview. But like I said, this is going to be a banger of an episode, so I'm not going to talk so much between uh, tracks. I'm just going to get to the tracks and then uh, check in with you guys in a little bit with another interview. Peace.
no joke, look, I'm so dope, you just so broke, I blow you out like smoke, nigga, I get you bigger than I'm a whack and see, but I'ma tell you right now that I'm the best MC, on a mic when I strike at 12 o'clock, a vampire, rap retire, I'm setting crews on fire, so listen up to the rhymes I drop, as I kick mad flavor from my verbal block, I shot the crowd like a bolt of lightning, it's frightening, the type of rhymes I be writing, excited, when I pick up the mic and start reciting, you take a hike like a viking, top my heart, won't stall a fall, ready to brawl, I'm solid like a brick wall, so listen up to the words I say as I spray, rhymes like an AJ. Some blind 
some deaf, some dumb. Whichever one chooses to follow the other one loses. Due to mass confusion caused by fast illusion. Showing and proving it's not just a phrase that we use it. It's the way of life when you keep it moving. Soon when you get new, then you be tuned in to get ready to move in position. All heads realize. Real heads on the ride. Hey, yo, somebody got to hell with 
Carlito do with Gemini's way. I'm the gifted one. I'm the funk so I'm the gifted one. Get mine too, I'ma do me. You got to do you. I spit pure 
finest of designs. Had to beat that MC that runs up on the from behind. Who got your back now? Where your ill crew at? The sons you talked about with guns, the ones with gats and all that. I figured that some rap for blacks over RB tracks. You got to watch what you say if you ain't really living that. Another black girl lost, looking all stink up in the sauce. What's all that shit for? Did your mama raise a horse? Fight it, not win. I'm that rhyme veteran with that nighttime swift and sneeze and rest your head. Medicine, see me live on Rock Keenan and even let him in. Rock Chris Rock, blow his spot like nitro glycerin. Hold that like they don't know, but I'm like years ahead of them. Plus, I shed more light right than Thomas Edison. And I'll take it there in your career with one stroke of my pen. And I've got enough love, I don't need no more friends. When you counting on your peoples and they don't pull through, I'ma do me. You got to do you. These niggas game so weak, I can see right through. Welcome back to the Bodega Boracru Podcast, Volume 39. Hope you guys been digging the tracks. Hope you guys have uh, been digging the interviews. Let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Crew Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Bodega Crew. The other thing that I didn't mention is that you should check out our store page at bodegabordercrewstore.com. Some of you guys have been seen on our Instagram account. We've been teasing some uh, t-shirts and stuff. Uh, so make sure to head over there. We have some t-shirts, we have some beer koozies, we have sticker packs. We have a new t-shirt release that's coming out in a week or so. Um, so make sure to check that out. I want to get into this little interview kind of conversation I had with Murray Ross and Rasco over at Gale Force Glassing. You know, I was lucky enough to hang out with them for a little bit and we just got to talk about, you know, the scene there and what's going on. It's nice to hear a perspective from people like that who are really in touch with the scene because they're producing product there. So here's the interview and I hope you guys enjoy. How did this shop start originally? Um, Mickey McCarthy, new son from originally was New Sun Surfboard. Yep, we moved to this location in 90, the winter of 9091. Okay. From, we used to be on the, the beach road right next, I mean, I 200 yards from the ocean front in Nags Head, okay. near the Nags Head Fishing Pier. And um, this was in the, uh, we had been, Mickey McCarthy had set up his Operation New Sun Surfboards there in about 1981, 80, 81. And then I was just a grom back then. It became like a little teen rap grommet, and um, hung out at the shop with all the guys, you know, surf for the the brand and everything. 
And then about 1988, in the spring, he had warned me that fall or asked me that he, he thought I would make a good employee to start learning how to work <laughs> on boards and stuff. So I quit my other job and started learning how to be the uh, thin guy, hot coder, and ding guy, and then eventually the laminator in about six months. But, uh, but that's how I got involved with it. And then uh, Murray here, Murray Ross, he joined with Mickey a couple years later. Or no, no, you had already been there. Actually, I was yeah, there. you had actually been. In, and the funny thing is, both of you guys, you joined Mickey because you got chased out by the town from working under your house. Yeah, I, was, I was a backyard guy. Yeah, Murray was a backyard town, guy town building boards is, under his you house. You can't do that here. Oh, really? Neighbors yeah, complained about said, the smells okay. and the noise. Oh, okay. I went over to Mickey. I said, "Look, I can do anything. I can <laughs> shave. I can polish. I can." Uh huh. Anyhow, I joined him, and, and so sure then, enough, a few years. Not too much longer. Yeah, a couple years later, the town, the town came by and says, you got 30 days to cease and desist. Whoa. Yeah. You are zone B2, which means you can't do we were, It was commercial, uh-huh. but not light industrial for manufacturing. Oh, and this, that's what this comes under. It, our it. shop was a, a storefront on the beach road, yeah. along the road that runs along the ocean front. And the lemonade shop was in the back in a low of seven foot ceiling yeah. garage. An old garage in the back was where we had laminated. And, um, and, it had, and it had an apartment above. It was a pretty cool little building. It's still there. It's been remodeled. There's a doctor's office in it now. Uh-huh. But the uh, the town came by. Actually, they didn't give us just 30 days. They, they, was, they said, you need to start cold. looking. It seemed like it. Yeah, the, the, town, uh, the town. They wanted us out of there. It wasn't, they didn't make any bones yeah. about it. Okay. Yeah. You know, neighbors so were we, complaining. Same we, thing. Tell us where we can go. And so yeah. they're building a new industrial park. Here, yeah. Right here. Mm-hmm. And I said, so we came over here and put some money down and put a $5,000 sprinkler system in uh-huh. there. So this says designated for building of surfboards. Right. Uh, so it's on the lease. Site, so we oh, went, good. So that's how we, that's how we got here. How, was, how many boards were you guys moving out of the old shop? Like a month, you think? Oh gosh, back then I don't even know. I uh, I was just an employee back then. Since then, um, Mickey ended up selling out to Murray. Well, actually, the, before that even happened, I became my own glassing subcontracting company. Okay. Um, and Ted Kearns um, worked here. Okay. But anyway, we're now we're Gale Force Glassing and uh, glass boards for mostly small time guys. Mm-hmm. You know. I have my own brand, and right. we do a ton of ding repair. And Murray, we I built his brand, but we built about seven or eight brands. But basically, we got the biggest, the biggest volume we were doing was in this building here in the professional factory. In the probably in the decade between 90, 95 and two thousand five, that ten year period was was pretty much my best period. It was basically when Asher, my son, was born here. When he was born, for the next ten years was the peak. Because it was pre-Asian import boards, exactly. and um, we had four or five. We were doing thirty a week. Thirty, 30 a week. We were doing thirty a week, not year round. That was from April through October. That's still that's a lot. Yeah, that was pretty good. I had three or four employees. We we were building ton. We actually had some good gigs building fun boards, entry level shop brand boards for uh-huh. for some northern shops in the winter time. Which we're slow in the winter always yeah, yeah, here on yeah. the East Coast, and they they would give us work. For a, that we would give them a great price on, you know, beginner fun boards, uh-huh. sanded finish, small amount of art on them, and um, we would t- deliver them in um, the spring, right before summer. But 
that would give us like we would make like 60 of these things in the winter time that was great but you oh, know all, cool. all that went to china as soon yeah, as that stuff pop outs, right? yeah, yeah and uh, so it's getting really hard to, to do this stuff i mean it's getting tougher and tougher everybody talks about it it's, yeah we're, we're lucky we're here we're in overheads relatively low still and um, i don't know we're, we're hanging in there but we're not doing the numbers we used to do i'm, I'm actually nowadays i'm a pretty much a one-man operation i'm lambing laminating, thinning, pen lining, sanding, glossing. Murray does most of the polishing. I'll polish it if I have to. I do have a guy that comes in and airbrushes on, on the weekends and at nights. But um, but it's tough doing doing repair and building all the boards yourself. I'm, I'm kind of yeah. wore out this time of year, but I need to jam out and make some money because yeah. the winters get tight. Yeah. What kind of boards are you guys mostly shaping out here? It's a good mix of everything. We do a lot of long boards. With Murray, Murray is known for his long boards and his fun board, egg shapes. But, but basically everything. We do a lot of long boards and um, a lot of just sort of like little eggs and fish. Is that what people are coming directly to you guys to get? I would say, yeah. And I got a pretty good following I mean, myself for some high performance short boards. I got some team riders that oh, ride awesome. the like, you know, small, the guys that do the Eastern Surfing Association <clears throat> contests and stuff. Yeah, because you guys have like a pretty big contest history here, you mm -hmm. know, like on the East Coast, like, you know, they have... The Easterns, the East Coast Championships for the ESA has always been here. It moved from the Lighthouse at Cape Hatteras, it's in Nags Head now at Jeanette's Pier every year. And then you guys used to have like a QS event here? Well, it's the Wave Riding Vehicles. They have the Outer Banks Pro. Yeah. Les has been um, having that thing going now for... Gosh, I guess heading towards years. 20 years now. Yeah, and there's some good guys that come down here. Uh -huh. oh, yeah, it's, it's, that time of year good is month. awesome. Yeah. In about another month and a half, as August gets here, mid-August, you can start seeing all these pros are here. It's pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty cool time. The waves start getting better. And we've got, everybody's still on this little East Coast circuit. You've got between the Easterns, that's amateur, but then you've got the Outer Banks Pro. It starts with the Sweetwater down in Wrightsville will uh -huh. start like at the end of July, I believe. So that's the first one? Or maybe early August, but a lot of guys start showing up. You start seeing like uh, Josh Burke from Barbados, mm -hmm. you know, and you start seeing guys from Florida and um, some of the traveling pros, some some Californians will be here and because they'll have the East Coast Championships and Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach, the ECSC. That, that's still the second longest running contest in the world besides, I think, Bills. Wow. Um, Anyway, that that's a big one. A lot. Of, as a matter of fact, I, I got to meet, gosh, like 12 or 14, 15 years ago, um, Adriana de Salza. Yeah. And he was an unknown. And nobody. And he was he was he was like 19, 18 or 19, maybe 17. I don't know. And he and he got second behind Dino Andino in the final. But <laughs> I sat there on like on a little erosion cliff before his final heat, and me and my friend Joe Gillen, we talked to him. And we're telling him how he was ripping the whole week. We have been watching. He was the he was the first guy that we were really saw that was throwing down uh, air reverses at will, like mm -hmm. and just when no one was. I mean, people were doing them occasionally, but he was doing them in every heat, like just flawlessly. And that's when all that started. But it was cool. That that contest brings in a lot of people. As a matter of fact, just six or seven years ago, I was there again. I was doing the amateur events, but um, what's his name? Uh, you know, number two in the world now, aerial guy. What's his name? Brazilian. Gabriel. No, no, no not no, Gabriel. Uh, Felipe. Felipe. Yeah. Felipe was there. Felipe Toledo, yeah. and he was there with his other buddy from Brazil when no one had heard of him. 
it was crazy and I remember seeing his name because we kept saying who's this guy with the name like Ohio Toledo <laughs> and uh, but damn if he didn't uh, blow up but that you know the ECSC you're seeing future stars at that, mm-hmm. at that thing so do you, ha- do you guys have a lot of like homegrown talent that you're seeing kind of rise up well Brett Barley comes to mind right away yeah. that kid is becoming world famous yeah he really, he really is. promotes himself he works hard he, he is a sponsor's yeah. dream yeah he uh, is and he serves damn good. I mean, look at what he's done. He's all over the media right now, and uh, rarely does a surf contest. Doesn't See, need to. He's, the stuff he surfs in wintertime here, yeah, is just yeah, mind boggling. Mind boggling. Yeah, I mean, how? Yeah. Ten years ago, nobody'd be paddling that much. Yeah, of yeah. course. A lot of people, if anybody's listening to this, probably has just seen his Namibia yeah. edit with him and Oliver Kurtz mm-hmm. and, and Koa Smith's wave is unbelievable oh it's, yeah it's funny that wave the Coa Smith's wave they actually had it like they couldn't they tried to put it on Instagram and it beat the too long it was too long it yeah it was like too long he's still going and then it stops yeah. and it's like, they need to uh, retitle that <laughs> yeah. clip to the greatest wave ever filmed anywhere yeah, in the world I, I mean that, I don't know how you after you experience the rush of what he did on that wave I don't how are you ever going to top that feeling no. you're you're a, you're an addict now. No, <laughs> you're chasing, yeah. chasing the dragon. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like yeah. That was uh, when that popped up on on social media. Uh, me and all my friends were like, okay, that's like. And that place reminds me of here when they panned out from the aerial view of him walking back, and you see the little pond on the inside of the yeah. shoal and the four wheel drive tracks. It looks like Cape Hatteras. Yeah. In Frisco, like in the fall, it looks really cool. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Um, what what have you guys seen the biggest change in like let's say the last like ten years in terms of not just board building but the scene like are people gravitating more towards one kind of board than the other or is it just you know what have you guys seen like, everything is everything in the water goes. everything's in so the water so that's the thing now right like I, yeah, I remember goes. when I was in my twenties and thirties everyone rode you know a clear six three thruster mm-hmm. or, or maybe some airbrushes were popular but whatever everybody had a thruster. And if you were somebody that showed up with like a, a weird looking, you know, er, um, early 70s list twin or something mm-hmm. weird like that, people like kind of looked at you funny or whatever. Yeah. Or, but now, and what's up with the soft tops? It's crazy. Like, when, where, when in the hell did they get legitimized in the lineup? Joe, like, I mean, Joe Bryant. I know, that's what everyone says, but like even, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You, you used to just drop in on anybody that patted yeah. out on a BZ or, yeah. or whatever, Maury Doyle, but now those brands aren't even around. You, you got INT, Catch Surf, 88, uh, Wave Storm is take, taking charge. Yeah, Chief Wave Storm. But it's part, I think part of it's from the surf schools, between the surf yeah. schools and the marketing, but um I actually used to scoff when I would see the original um, ads popping up for some of those soft boards in the magazines, like uh-huh. Catch Surf and stuff. The first year yeah. it was started advertising, I was like, well, "Who do these guys think they are? Like, yeah. who's going to buy soft tops in this day and age?" It's funny, but yeah. man, they they knew they had an idea or something. I but, mean, they're they're smart in a, in a way that they're filling this like demographic that's out there that's buying it. They're also getting. Like it's not that wave storm anymore, right? Like mm-hmm. cat, catch surf does us all those different shapes. So all types of. So you're kind of like, hey, if I just want to have something that's a twin fin, that like maybe I take out once. Yeah. Like it's in the car. Or a longboard. A lot of guys that are diehard shredders are never going to go buy a nine hundred dollar longboard. Yeah. But you know what? They will pick up a used um, hundred dollar wave storm at yeah. Costco. It'll go play when it's perfect knee high. Yeah. Because they feel like okay, I can do that. 
like at least I can catch some waves. Yeah. I, I think on the on the new the entry level consumer thing, and this is what I try to fight with like my podcast. I think it's a miseducation thing. Like I think you can just as easily go onto Craigslist and buy a used poly board or even an mm-hmm. epoxy board that you'll learn a lot better on than buying a, a Costco board, like a brand new Costco board. That's the thing that like I try to like push is like, hey, support your local shapers and like there might actually even when you you know you might try a board that's like all dinged up, mm-hmm. but you'll be like. Oh, this is what I liked about this. Is what I didn't like about it, and this one shaper made it locally. Why don't I just contact them and be like, "Hey, my new board. This is what I want," and they'll help you. Yeah, it's it is actually there seems to be a worldwide glut of surfboards. I mean, there's a glut of of regular fiberglass, whether they're epoxy or polyester. There's with the Asian boards being pumped out, just huge amounts of surfboards warehoused all over, and and, and, and they're cheap. Insane. So, like you said, you could. You know, we the, the people that used to order the thirty or sixty boards mm-hmm. a year from us now it's all in the spring. You contact them. They say, "Consign." Oh, can you give me? Ha- you know, it's very hard to get. And we're not. If you're a small regional, a small regional brand has a hard time getting in a retail surf shop. Now you're not going to get the owner writing you a check for twenty we, we boards. Not do that, they don't do that. Do Those were the really good old days. Yeah. Not when, not when you know, modern or not when whoever is going to give you, you know, thirty boards. So is that what, like, is that the is that a big thing? Is that like Firewire and those companies come in and they're like, it's all they're here, not just in them. two weeks. It's, tell it's us just what big you sell, money, big companies. Check. Here's a dozen. More. Because they can financially take that risk. You exactly. guys, you yeah. guys can. Exactly. Yeah. This is I've I've read. I mean, this is it's, the whole thing's getting to be twenty years old now. The whole import board thing, and it's. It's, I've read lots of articles and, and I've experienced it, but like, you know, like somebody, I've read some articles. The surfboard industry domestically was always a small cottage industry of small little shaper, surfer shapers that started, usually underfunded. And it was a small, like little cottage crafty business. Not a lot of capital. Most guys didn't have a lot of capital. But And then it was ripe for the takeover mm-hmm. of offshore manufacturing with big money interests. Yeah. And, and, and once the shaping machines got going, and CNC machines people, allow people that got, to happen. They've got their own label. They've never picked up a Skill 100. Yeah, they that, know there's a lot of them out there. Yeah, that's what's happened. in California a lot too. And not ragging on CNC machines. They're awesome, but we, we, we don't use them here too much. I've, I've had, got a few boards cut in the past, and it's good to do the numbers with, but, but that allowed the boards to be made in places where people don't surf. Mm-hmm. Like in China, Thailand, Vietnam, because the files get sent that once yeah, they're up and running, it. yeah, and and yeah. as long as you've got a crew that's been taught how to glass and sand boards, mm-hmm. they're building the boards, and um, and I can't even rag on the quality of some of the stuff. I mean, it's great quality coming out of there. I don't know about the foam cores on some of them, but the glass work, the glass work looks fine on so many of these boards. So I'm not even gonna be the jerk and rag on on. But there are there is some junk coming out of here though, but but a lot of it's pretty good, especially yeah. they're doing so much of this high labor epoxy vacuum bag type stuff uh-huh. that honestly, if we made it here in the states, it's going to cost double what the, and they're already selling for you know eight nine hundred dollars. I mean the whole SUP market went right overseas yeah. because there's the guy we know here that builds them here. I mean, he says he's got 30, 35 hours in building one. I mean, he builds oh, a quality God. one too, but um. But there's so much man hours in in a in epoxy vacuum bag type production with yeah. skins on the decks and mm-hmm. and um so that 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 stuff just being <clears throat> produced over there. But the shipping thing now 
boards from the West Coast, long boards from the West Coast, and, you know, even the dealers. It's over two hundred dollars. Yeah, to come here. Yeah. yeah. Two two fifty. So you can't you can't put that on the price. Yeah, yeah. and that's like they used to sell online. Yeah. It's like Glenn would tell you, so I used to sell stuff online and when the shipping got out of people would go, Oh, look at the price and then you add shipping and they're thinking I can't do that. No. Yeah, but they uh, that's what's happened with the, um, the 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 big the big brands where they have a lot of money behind them. They, they are they're able to supply a lot of the shops with boards, and just you know they load them up and say you know we'll, we'll, we'll settle up with you and see what you sell at the end of the season mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I've seen. It, I mean, look, it's hard to compete when you're just a small guy. But um, so that's why we're we're you know we rely on um, custom orders. Mm -hmm local sales we keep a showroom full of boards and um and repairs the repair things more repair important things. than ever for most little glass shops where back in the day we would you know a lot of shops wouldn't even do repairs they couldn't but um we've always done them but repairs are more important than ever it's part of the yearly somebody's got a service yearly bank account. yeah yeah <laughs> i know i mean look and i'd rather get my my board repaired at like a real glass shop than but that well that's what's scary like if like you know, if guys like us fold and to call it quits because we're kind of seeing our income stagnate and go lower every year rather than up like everyone around us. Yeah. If we go and shut down, like, who's going to repair the surfboards for everyone? Like, it's kind of weird. There's there's not that many people around know how to do it right. You know? yeah, well, that's and they have the materials. Like, like, there's plenty of guys that are kind of handy, but... Like if we weren't here and you blew out your FCS2 fin box or your future fin box, where is some guy that doesn't really know where to order yeah. that stuff? Where Where is he going to get it at? You know? Yeah, that's that's not going to be an easy thing to come by. Uh, what are your guys, like obviously you're, you're primarily shaping longboards. What got you into shaping longboards? Like, you know, I don't know. I, I, well, Murray's a child of the '60s. Uh, yeah, there you go. I'm he's, 76 He's going to be years 77 yeah. in a month. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know. I just. I mean, my, my oh. first board was a 96 Jacobs uh -huh. in 1958. Uh -huh. You know, so it's, you know, late 50s. Well, early well 60s. Murray always joked with us younger guys. I mean, I'm 52 now, but I'm still a <laughs> pup compared to him. But he used to joke about you. He, Murray says he hated the 70s. <laughs> when, when he 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 when the early 70s got here and the surfboards got all funky in that era, uh -huh. that acid era. You know, yeah, the boards yeah. were I mean, they dropped they like three feet. Up, but, I mean, when the 70s got there, he goes, That's whoa, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did he pretty much like close up shop? It, well, yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he sold out. Yeah. Well, actually, he got his name back, mm -hmm. you know, from Mike Eaton and those guys. Right. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, you know, he, they used it. And actually, he when he was just about to get his name back, it's, uh, Matt, Matt, Matt Calvino. He got up with him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know that was the story. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I get my name back. So yeah. He's making beautiful there, boards. You know. We've got we've got three or yeah. four in here. They do a great job. One Brand of my new. French just started yeah. working there. I've been to the um, to their factory. Yeah, yeah. That's the old. That's Tony's old factory. Yeah. Quality, quality. Right quality. Yeah. Yeah. Up there. Yeah. The I, I, Murray's ordered three or four of them from their website. And I've got you know. I've gotten a, a lot of them on Craigslist. Uh huh. Used. You know, I bare, mean, bare you used. Get a, I've gotten some nice beans for seven hundred dollars. I mean, look at that blue one right there. That blue one is seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred and fifty dollars. The one on the no, wall. No, the one there. on the wall here. The James Perry thing was brand new. Oh wow! And there, I had one last week. I mean, but we came, get 
we get them in here, and I, I, I look at them, and I study the cut laps on them and stuff on the ends, and I'm like, but Jim doesn't no, carry them anymore. No gouges. Really? Yeah, perfect. He, he just said, hey, man, for him, he's he's got to sell those things at $1,450. Yeah, he's not going to get it. He, you know, he's just not, they're not, not going to do it. Yeah. I mean, a Bing at, down in the Sorrows, $1,850 yeah. in Costa Rica. You know, what are they in, what's in Australia, you know? What, yeah. yeah. So what, you can still pick and choose on uh, on Craigslist. Yeah. Or you'll see, I had some girl coming in here with a Mini Simmons, a, yeah. one of the Bing copies. Like a Dharma or whatever. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, it was. Because I'm thinking what model that is. Oh my God, yeah. It's practically new though. She was just passing through from, from uh, down in uh, Oak Creek. Her husband was taking $400. They're $900. Go to the website. You know? That's they're pretty boards, though. They're pretty boards. It's yeah. got those Gephardt yeah. things. Gephardt, like. you know, four on both. Yeah. No, I wanted, wanted to get one of these. Mm. Like, well, uh, really bad. Like, like a small board. But they're out there. You just have to pick and choose. Well, that's the thing. That's the beauty of credit. Or go, go in and get But that, that right there is another example of what you were asking us earlier about what this, this state of boards that are around. I mean, everything is around. There's dudes in the lineup riding Mini Simmons. Yeah. There's a guy on a Catch Surf four foot six. There's a guy on a Wave Storm nine footer, and then there'll be a guy on a Steve List That's twin. Board. But I mean, you have to. There'll be a guy on a quad. She, she just had. Yeah, they were leaving town, going to Boulder, Colorado, getting a new job. Pulled up here in a big old Mercedes Benz van. I, I think they, they had some money, but just wanted, I don't want to travel with this. That's something I would I would pay for. You know, I would pay for a, a, a storage space for just that board. Like, but it's kind of cool though. It's never been. I think I've read something that there's never been a more exciting time to be a surfer right now because there's just so much things to. I mean, God, there's foil boards now, which I don't quite understand the. Foil lore, boards are something I can't get behind. I, I, I can't either because but, it's really scary. And I'm not going to rag on the people that are into it. But I mean, it's 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 expensive too. But there's people who are riding them who don't know what they're doing. Like it's a lot of the S the SUP people, so it's mm -hmm. a lot of those SUP people have transferred over to foil boards without even yeah, understanding basis, basic concepts of surfing. Now in a lineup, if there's 20 people, it's a little sketchy. You talk yeah. about a California lineup where you have 150 people, yeah. that's too dangerous. I, they I, had something on uh, Facebook <laughs> on a wave, that guy taking off and the girl's running over the back of the guy's head. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, was, that wasn't a foil board. That was though. a foam board, yeah. yeah. I, I said, wow. I said, but, um, like, look, Alan Sarlo, like, he now surfs, like, a, a foil board at, like, at First Point Malibu. Really? And But he'll surf it in this gnarly, like, like, like this Malibu where it's a lot of people. And even him and everybody's just kind of like, dude, no, like, don't do that. Like, if you want to do that back at your house on the North Shore, fine. There's 10 people out at the most in this huge area. And I've seen him out there on that board. I'm like, fine, you can pump all you want, like nobody. But like, when you're talking about like, there's kids and stuff here. Like you saw that video, or not yeah. video? There's a guy cut his head open. Yeah. See, that's what scares me. But that's... it is exciting the fact that like, look, I'm coming into this for me. Like, you know, I only started surfing five years ago. Um, I grew up in like the skateboarding scene in New York. Like, I'm 44 years old. But for me, it's been such an exciting time because like my quiver at home, it's like I have like, like a glider, a nose rider pig shape and then I have like a bonzer and I have like a weird like quad fish and like exactly and it's like kind of I wake up in the morning and I look at the webcams and I'm like oh it looks like I'm going to take this board out <laughs> anything like, goes that's what's cool yeah. yeah. that's what I like what do I like about right now mm -hmm. anything yeah 
Anything's accepted. And it's pretty cool how longboarding's totally gone the opposite direction it was going in the 90s. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, here's, I, I was in that era mm -hmm. all about the high performance. I mean, when Herbie Fletcher started having some of that footage in the old videos, yeah. in the old Astro Deck videos of him side slipping and, and doing the helicopters mid ride, yeah. you know, I've been into longboarding since then. I mean, I started longboarding actually when I was like, 1920 I got into it you know but anyway now to see my son uh -huh. he came of age like right at the end of high school he all of a sudden went from like being a skimboarder yeah. mostly to just embracing longboarding but the but he's into these heavy the heavy square <laughs> tails like, I need to ride <laughs> the old school single fins and and I get on them and I don't I'm not very good on them <laughs> it's funny but I mean that's I it's 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 I think a big part of it is like surfing's looking back and looking forward. Like it's looking back at some of these, like especially look at the transition era. There were so many developments that happened really fast in like a three, five year period that a lot of board they, shapes got forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Like principles got forgotten. Yeah, I don't really think the S bottom is going to come back or the S deck, whatever they do. You, you know what? You never know. <laughs> like you, you never, never know. know. It's like some, like look at hulls. Like hulls are like, yeah. like in California, hulls are like. Yep. It is like the new heroin. It is like wow. everybody wants it. Like everybody's like, I want to have a, a, a little. I want to have like Mantrini. I want to have this. Like, I mean, I know I have a, a V bottom. Like, I'm one of those people too. Like, where it's like everybody's kind of getting into these fringe things. Yeah, as know? a glasser, I lay in bed at night sometimes with panic <laughs> attacks, hoping, praying to God that the six deep channels out the back doesn't get super popular. <laughs> but it, they kind of are a little bit in the yeah, last few I years. I mean, look, bonzers, like three-fin bonzers are getting, like, they're, they're, like, CI signed that deal with them. I mean, Malcolm's been go-shaping them for them for years. Mm -hmm. but, like, but, like, now, like, like, like I, I was telling him, I saw Dane Reynolds on one of those like three-fin bonzers at like Topanga and he was like killing it. And it's like, everybody's getting on that like tip now. They're I like, wish uh, some of the fin companies would come up with a great um, removable bonzer quad setup. Uh, Red X had the best one that's mm -hmm. been, but that, you don't see Red X fins too much anymore no. that Larry Block invented. We used to love those. We used a lot of them, but they made a great bonzer set that you could put in in their system. And we still got them. an old box, but um, red X stuff. People, but bon people but, you know, break something out, and they say, "Where are you going to get one of them? Well, those guys up there?" Still got <laughs> gl glassing all the bonzers. Screws, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> glassing them on is is so much work, especially when you're doing four of them. Yeah. With a center box, and um, but um, it'd be neat if they could come up with a great. Way to do it, and they have a lot of angle, and the angle on things is way out. Well, you look at those like Eaton, those Eaton bonzers mm -hmm. that they were doing. We were doing. huge fans of the Eaton bonzers. Those back were like there. it was like this. Like the this. early ones were glued in with like uh, either epoxy or like a silicone. Uh -huh. They were real thin, oh, or some yeah. of them. Yeah, I mean they, they well back Chan when Channon was making some. I think it was Channon shop, and they were making the Twinser. Remember the Twinser? Yeah, yeah. The small Twinsers were mm -hmm. actually like routed out a small hole, and they were stuck in with like. An epoxy they didn't really have a fin rope bead glassed uh -huh. on like a true glass on yeah that was sort of the weak link they was we fixed a lot of them over the years where they get brown around there where they would yeah. leak but um and some of the early bonzers were done kind of like that back in the late 80s and 90s we'd see some the one the one i have is like i have a three fin like it's basically the back of it is a rush short and the front of it is bonzer egg it's like kind of like some weird thing that Malcolm shaped. I bought it recently, and it's mellow. It's mellower than like like the newer ones are coming out, like the concaves or mellower. Mm -hmm. Like it's not too crazy. Yeah. But you see a lot of shapers, like a lot of young shapers, in California and Australia. Like they're if they're longboard shapers, they shape logs and then they'll shape a, a twin. They'll shape like a twin fish and then they'll shape like some kind of like rush short 
knockoff that they do. Like Troy Elmore and all those guys. Yeah. They're, they're, they're getting big. Like in California, like yeah. everybody's like, if I want a winter, winter board, that's what I'm riding. Well, that's my whole Instagram feed is nothing but, uh, I mean, or a lot of that California. Mm -hmm. I follow a lot of glass shops and glassers and different shapers and stuff from out west and Australia. And like you said, that's all I'm seeing is longboards and then holes, uh -huh. re retro fish. Like this seems like the year of the twin fin fish, big time. Like, Everybody wants one. I mean, it's all you yeah. see on Insta is fish. Are fish you guys getting feet. people coming in for them? Yeah, we've yeah. we've had a few customs already this this spring and summer, and Asher's been making quite a few for his friends. You know, typical. Five two to five eight deep swallow with like a slight beak nose and mostly twin fins. Every now and then somebody will do a quad, but um, and twins. I've been making a lot of custom fins for for them, like oh, really? doing the wooden keels, like um, just yeah, combination plywood and fiberglass on the backside. But I, I, I kind of like making the twin fins. The, that like blue one, yeah, like the blue one. <clears throat> but it's a little bit of work, but they, they look pretty. Just the old classic wood. People kind of want to see that crafty part of the yeah. backyard yeah. look in a way. No, I mean, that's what's, it's, it's hot. like in, in, in And they're relatively light. When you do the plywood fins, they're kind of light. Yeah. Lighter than a pair of so, um, solid glass fins when you hold them. Yeah, they have like interesting flats to them, which is like really cool. I know a lot of people, I think going down the road, I think it's going to be kind of like one of my next ports I get. It's going to be like a, like a marine ply fin mm -hmm. fish. I think I've won on order. I've made I've made some of my fins oh, out go. of job site. That's one of yours. Plywood like from a shape. job site out of the dumpster bin. They look killer when they're done. Oh, this is sweet. Yeah, he made those fins too. Oh, this is nice. Yeah. And the bottom's not crazy. It's just no. a flat of plate beads. And then drew in Yeah, it's like pretty soft. Fun. Yeah, everybody's getting getting back into these. I mean, that is like what's the kind of like fun thing, right? It's like as a shaper, like you're not gonna nowadays, it's not, you're not gonna be hammered by like one kind of thing. Like people are like, I want this one. Yeah, want that. like you know, me and Murray both and Asher, all three of us get one week's. We'll get an order for like a five three twin fin, mm -hmm. and then the next person that talks to me wants like a nine six classic longboard, and See. then the next kid wants me to copy a dumpster diver or, or, you know, or, or some typical model from Al Merrick's, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like a, a Fred Rubble or something yeah. like that. I get, I get, everybody wants me to try to make a version of some famous model, mm -hmm. but, uh, but I think it's like always weird. Yeah. It's, that's, that's how all of the small time guys are. They, everybody comes to us with, can, can you well, make me a know, copy of this? Print it out. They'll see it. We go to the website, base. print it out, and, and they tell it. me they want thirty liters of volume, and I yeah, and I yeah, and I go, oh, we only do quarts here. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I said, how did the U.S. oil industry, how did the gas stations do with the liter? How long did that last? What, three months or something. Well, nah, no, I guess it's pretty cool, but I, those numbers are spit out from the CAD programs for the computer. But I think shape. it's funny when you have like average like surf consumers who are like, oh, I only ride boards that are like fifty-five liters or thirty-two. Yeah. Like, how the fuck do you even know? Well, like, it's, it, even right, know? it's strange for us, <laughs> like, like, for us regular you? people that have been around forever surfing and we're shaping boards and whatnot and building boards. And if if you're not we're like we're we, it's kind of flabbergasting to us yeah. because we don't, we're not the machine shape guys the yeah. CNC guys we, these numbers but the meanwhile the public is getting so used to that and we're we're not keeping up with the vocabulary in a way like 
because we don't have the eighty thousand dollar machine. <laughs> yeah, know? but do you think you, so? That's here's another thing. Do you think the best thing that could happen in the industry to help a lot of these things is just better consumer education? Like even like you know like like what I'm trying to get yeah. is like like educating like consumers and being like, hey, if you get like 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 with local shaping, my my whole thing like what I love about local shaping is like you guys are making boards that you know work here. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're gonna surf here, why wouldn't you buy a board from someone who's like shaping it, like that knows the waves, that knows the breaks, that knows like well it's gonna work better. You know, that's one of the things. I think a lot of consumers aren't educated on that level. Yeah. They, I, they I, just see like like they see like a Kelly Slater or whoever it may be. And they see like a John John edit and they're like, Oh my god, this board that John John's riding and I'm like, Hey, he's first of all a child prodigy. Second of all, he <laughs> surfs like probably like 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 forty hours a week. Like, you're never going to surf like that. Why would you? <laughs> yeah, just... we, we, we hear, we get a lot of what you just described, but not in the high-performance shortboarding world, but mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of people that come in wanting a longboard, and they think that they're, we can make them, or they can find a longboard that's going to make them suddenly become yeah, a nose rider yeah, as right. good as Joel Tudor or whoever, yeah, yeah. Tony Silvani, yeah. whoever, Alex Nost. Yeah. Um, I want a nose ride, but... Yeah. Every time I run up to the nose, I know it's not. And the board ain't gonna do it. You gotta know when to, when to get up there. Yeah. You can nose ride. You can nose ride almost any longboard. You don't need a nose concave. And like, I mean, yeah, they're cool. We put concaves on almost every board. But there's some guys like Asher's ridden longboards with no concave. Some of them are better. Yeah. And there's a lot of guys that are don't want a concave in the nose. It's just so many factors, but. I mean, when you start getting on a technical level, when you're a good nose rider, there are certain models that these guys yeah. prefer for like super long hang time and whatnot. And but generally, you can run up on the nose when you know when to do it at the right time and hang up there for on a lot of any board over eight feet long. You know? Yeah. But but some people have it in their mind that they can't nose ride unless they get the perfect board, and they're instantly going to be able to do it. No, and it's something that takes years and years. Yeah, years. it's not that easy. I mean. Yeah. It, it, you know, but the sad thing is, it's kind of e- it is kind of easy when you know when to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not like rocket science. You just tiptoe up there and you get up there right when it's when the, follow that lip line when it's hollow and you get up there. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. But it. I mean, it, you look at David Noiver, Huntington Peak. Yeah. That that ride he got. Yeah. You know, the, the equipment wasn't as good as what we have now. No. But that tells you how good he was. Yeah. You know, with that equipment. Yeah, there's some insane longboarding going on now. I'm kind of, I'm kind of surprised that longboarding doesn't get as much, as more attention, especially it's with. Go, the, it's going to. I think it's going to, and it's slowly starting to. I mean, you have like on the contest circuit, there's stuff that like helps promote that, and then you look at like Instagram, like some of these longboarders who like five years I ago mean, wouldn't be making anything, they're starting to make yeah, money because they have like big followings and putting out edits and. Yeah, look what and, Justin Kintal's done. Unbelievable. Yeah, Coming Kintal. from North Florida, I mean, I've been following him, you know, in the media since he was like 12, 13 mm-hmm. or whatever. And you see his name and he had Ricky Carroll's, he had his model from Ricky yeah. and stuff. And next thing you know, he's blowing up, winning the duct tapes constantly. He won like five or six in a row. I, I know. And, like, and I'm sure there's a lot of guys from like Cali and all over that are just going, who in the hell is this East yeah. Coast dude yeah. <laughs> coming out of nowhere? And, but he is really good at social media marketing mm-hmm. himself too. Kind of like Brett is here. It's, that's, that's what's kind of neat now is seeing these guys that are – they're so good at this marketing um, mm-hmm. and and self mark self promotion, I guess you call it. Like, 
it's neat to see, especially when they can back it up with the skills, uh-huh. mad skills. Well, because you could you could fake it very easily on social media. Like, there's a lot of loggers out there that like they, they have like the perfect photo of like the perfect cross step, and it's like the sun, and yeah. it's like perfect. And then you see them at Sano in person, you're like, you suck. <laughs> you're like, yeah. we have that in California a lot, where we're like, that was you yeah. with the fifty thousand followers. Like, yeah. you're kind of bad. It's it's just like anything with social media. You can always keep your feed looking like like everything's awesome, uh-huh. and perfect. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is it? Do you guys use a lot of social media to promote your guys' shop? Not, not really. I mean, he's pretty good. I don't even have, I don't even have my business name on an Insta or Facebook. Uh, I just you use. Still post a lot. I, yeah, I post. It is a pretty good little way to. I mean, it's good to keep your your name and image up. I, I, and I do have a lot of people following. And that's what everyone looks at all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's for us older people. It's definitely strange what's going on with all that. I mean, I'm 52, and that's, I'm not a newbie. I'm well, yeah, a, well, a young gun. The girls, the longboarder, longboarding, and the girls. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of interest, especially, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's good. Yeah. You know. Well, so you know what it is, the, too, I think, and this is where I was talking about the education thing. It's like, so you could go the route of, like, if you want to call it industry or culture, where you're like, hey, let's push these Costco boards and everybody could surf and blah, blah, blah. But the same token, like longboarding is a lot more accessible. Like you'll get a ride on a longboard sooner than you will on one of those boards. Sure. And I think that's part of it with like girls. I see it in California. Like I think why girls, also like for girls, it looks really good. You could get this really cool like resin job on your board. Like, right, exactly. You know, yeah, you're just, you're describing everything that we've been seeing in the, the last paint. years. We get a lot of girls coming in there. In their house, it looks really nice. Like they, you walk yeah. into their house, and it's like this, like yeah, this nice board. Like it's the whole package. But I think it's a good yeah. package to see because yeah. they're going the right. Well, there's. I think there's a lot of young women all over the country that that want to be that that image of that surfer beach girl. Right yeah, now, it's a very popular image right now, or lifestyle to chase. You know, spin your winners in Costa Rica uh-huh. or wherever. <laughs> um, and you know, surf whether you live in Kansas or wherever, yeah. but you're still gonna go to like down in Baja or you're going to go somewhere for a few months and, and live the surfer girl dream life or I mean it's, that sounds cliche but but it's healthy it's a healthy lifestyle yeah I mean people buy like it's Sun good surf. I mean look Cassia and all them like doing the coconut fight. water you know, yeah that. yoga Health, <laughs> yoga yeah, there was another one we could go on a whole nother uh, podcast with yoga I'm an ambassador I got free sunscreen I'm an ambassador oh yeah there's a lot of that like they basically send you a package thing um, in closing, what's the one thing that you would like to see change in the Outer Banks surf culture? If you could change anything. In the culture? Hmm. Or the scene, whatever you want to well, say. I wish the waves were head high and perfect <laughs> every day. But other than that, gosh, I don't know. It's hard to say. I think it's in a pretty good place. All in all, it's there's, there's, a pretty good place. You know, see, that's good. We still got it made here on the Outer Banks. It's, you do. It's, we got... I mean, you never pay to park here. We got plenty of beach accesses. We we bitch and gripe. Like today, we're gonna go surfing a little while, and yeah. I've already heard that all our spots are packed right now. My friends were networking on their phones, yeah. picking up their repairs earlier. But, but we could still find a way. Just report. Uh oh. Looked at it, blah, Kiki with twenty peeps. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there, we still. I mean, we. I could get my truck right now with and go down to Oregon Inlet and drive on the beach. I got there's probably six eight miles of beach you can access with four by four yeah. and go down and find a wave at Oregon Inlet by well, I mean, probably surf alone right now if I wanted to. Yeah. are you gonna do that in Southern California I don't no, think so no but no. <laughs> you're um, not gonna do that in like anywhere in California 
But um, yeah, but we still got we've got it pretty good here. Um, um, it is getting more crowded. Like like everything we've been talking about is more surfers than ever, and the surf schools are filled constantly. It's like almost anybody is starting a surf school now. If you're, if you're a good surfer and have a little bit background of being like a shredder, maybe you were in the contest for a while mm -hmm. and you got a little name, you can just, in your summer, you can just have a job being a surf instructor mm -hmm. and start your own, put a magnetic sign on your truck and make some fast money. Yeah. Just um, give me surf lessons. But all these people that take the surf lessons are gonna be future surfers. And from our point of view, you think, oh, they're gonna be future customers. Yeah, for they boards. Should be. And some of them will be. Some of them will probably stay on soft tops their whole life. <laughs> no, but see, that's what makes me sad is that that's, again, like why I talk about the education thing. Like, I think, like, these surf schools, like, like I think they need to, like, tell their, like, like their students, like, hey, like, I know you learned on this thing, but you know your next progress should be this. It's actually, like, for me, it's, like, what happened to me, like, five years ago when I took my first, like, surf lesson in, on the North Shore. Like, the guy who's, like, still, like, I consider him, like, a friend and a partial coach. I go see mm -hmm. and a guy. He was like, hey, go back to California, get a 9.6 single fin, really little nose concave, and here's five video videos I want you to watch, and I'm gonna see you in a year. And it was the best piece of advice. It was like the best thing ever, and I was like, mm. great. He was like, buy the board from a local shaper, the waves you surf, like kind of thing. And like, that's what I'd like to see more yeah. of. Some of, the, yeah. some of the surf schools here do kind of talk about that and tell the people, to, they try to steer them into buying a local board of it when they get a real fiberglass yeah. board and stuff like that. It's like Steve Wise, his camp's going on right now. Mm -hmm. You know, he buys boards from us. We build, you know, and he'll, you know, I've even gone down and talked with the kids and stuff like that. He's, he did a session with the school from this week. Where he yeah, Jeanette Spear has a, Jeanette's well, Spear. they have like a summer camp when part of it is they, they take the kids surfing and they, oh, do, all, cool. they do all kinds of ocean race stuff. But We'll probably do it six times a summer. They they come in here. They bring about fourteen kids with some of the camp counselors, and we give them a tour of the surfboard factory. We just oh, did it Wednesday. Awesome. See, that's cool. Give them a piece of scrap foam on their way out yeah. to take home. <laughs> but it's pretty cool. But and actually, you know what? Doing that every year, we've done it in the fall, going in towards Christmas <laughs> season. Huh? I usually get one or two custom orders at Christmas time from parents yep. of those kids. I'll see that. They get a board, so that, it's kind of worth doing. Great marketing. Yeah. Right no, but that's genius. That's great. Yep. You guys take them through the factory. And like, yep. who knows? You might have a future shaper. There might yeah. be a few, like yeah. someone's like, the first, like might be like, hey, the first time I saw someone's shape a surfboard, mm -hmm. was I? But that's another example of how sad it's going to be if shops, regional if we, shops, if we, if, you know, go out of business yeah. a lot in America. That's what's happening in Florida. It's I mean, happening everywhere. Florida. Florida. It's happening everywhere. I'm hearing, Cal Cal what, what, I'm hearing more and more that California. Diamond, one of them, was it Diamond? Diamond. Yeah, Diamond's gone. Um, Tons of factories are closed. I keep hearing that California's feeling it as no, bad as the East Coast. we're feeling it really bad. We're feeling it really bad because... I mean, the cost of real estate where you guys is way higher than here. Yeah, people have had to move. Like, like Aquatech had to move out of Venice to Hermosa, but they... Actually, like, it was a godsend. They're in the old Knoll factory, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, history there. But, like, people are getting pushed out. Glassing places are, sh are shutting down. I, I wonder Bar how shops stuff. can even afford. The, where, you can, where can factories find employees to be sanders and whatnot? That's where, where are these people live that can live on the salary you're going to make sanding and stuff That's in California? Thing. Because we're having a hard time here on the Outer Banks with housing and the cost of housing. And yeah, there's a shortage right now. There's nowhere to rent or, and prices are getting higher. But the funny thing is, I tell this story a lot. In the last year, this winter, I've met two different guys from Cali. Southern, one guy was from Dana Point mm -hmm. who have relocated here 
this past year because they realized that with their two small kids and their wife, they were never going to own a home in Southern California and they weren't getting anywhere. And this one guy told me straight up, he said, man, I, I, I thought about it hard all year. I'm, where can we live the surf life and raise our kids in a healthy environment and surf besides here in Southern California? And he, he thought about Florida and then he just realized that the surf's not that good. And they, he kept seeing more and more about the Outer Banks on social media, on mm -hmm. Surfline and whatnot. Yeah. And damn if he didn't move here. And he's loving it. He surfed all March with Brett Barley down there on this date, the, on those hell barrel sessions yeah, yeah, that were yeah. going down. He was wearing a 5'4", a hood, gloves, and everything. I said, dude, aren't you in culture shock? He's like, it is cold as hell. I will tell you that. But it barrels here. He was like, it was sick. But he had to just adjust. But he said, he, he, he said, man, I bought a house here in Kill Level Hills. It was about 300000 He said, where I lived before, the same house would have been 800000 Easily. And, um, and he, he's, he's stoked on this place. And I said, wait till the summer comes, man, when we get the water's going to be warm, you're going to be in baggies, and there's going to be some days that are like chest to head high or yeah. a little overhead and fun as crap. It ain't, gonna, it ain't always, you know, a 40-degree water with <laughs> no. hoods on and five-mil gloves. But see, well, the thing that's funny is that, like, we've had, like, in California, we've had, like, a year and a half of just miserable surf. Up until these Hemis have been, like, popping up. But it's been like really bad. So I'm sure he walked into it and he was like, "Hey, this is better than that." Yeah. But he was one of two guys I met doing. They he came in here with the doom repair and I fixed his board and got to know him. But um, there's two different people in the fall. And then you've got like, you know, Brett, Brett down there in Hatteras. He lives right there in, in Buxton, um, Hatteras Village area. And he's got guys like Andrew Jacobson and stuff coming up to stay with him mm -hmm. in the fall. See, that, that time of year in the fall is when mm -hmm. all those contests start happening. The Belmar in New yeah. Jersey, the ECSC, and you get all these guys from the Caribbean, California, some Hawaiians, and everybody's here doing the um, QS contest and whatnot. Yeah. And, and last year they were down there catching some of them great days at Shelly Island down there. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you see it, on, it got Surfline clips. Surfline was doing those live broadcasts with um, Matt Pruitt and oh, really? Kurt Corte, the, the one from the dredge spot. That one was live and it was pumping. It was like six to eight foot hollow right there outside of Buxton. And they did the Shelly Island one too, but Shelly Island was like a left point break. It was yeah. crazy. It was I so awesome. Yeah, it was neat, but that, that's the kind of footage that's starting to make people go, wow, you know, North Carolina is starting to look more and more appealing. And people are getting surfers moving here now. It's kind of crazy. No, I mean, there's a lot of people, like a lot of my friends that I surf with um, out in California, like they come out here for some of those swells. Yeah. They're like, they're like, hey, look, the, the ticket's not that bad. I fly out to Raleigh. Like, as a matter of fact, I've told this story recently, too. I, sometimes I'll, I'll, Brett Barley will drop a cool little edit on Instagram. And then I'll look at, he's got like, uh, how many followers? 69,000 million yeah. or something but uh, it says I'll look at his comments I'll look at some of the comments from people there's people commenting with like in Portuguese and Spanish and uh -huh. stuff and there's like Brazilians and and all, all languages or whatever but sometimes this has happened a couple of times I'll see these Portuguese comments and I hit see translation uh -huh. and it's in English and it says it says hey Pedro did you see this? Look at these waves. We we have to go next fall to Carolina Norte. <laughs> and and I'm so there's you know, like his he's gonna just these footage is gonna attract tourism on the Outer Banks. I mean it's good for tourism here. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean you guys I think you're gonna surf have tourism. in the next like in the next five years you're gonna have a bigger surf boom. And I just from like here it's funny because you know, we got married here six years ago. 
And so, like, I always tell people, like, we'll be in the lineup and we'll talk and blah, blah, blah. And then they'll, they'll be like, oh, man, I saw this crazy footage of, like, some waves there. It's like, were the waves like that when you went there? I was like, no, no, I went, like, in a different time of year. They're like, shit, I got to go. And then, like, I'll see them, like, a year later, like, you know, randomly in the lineup. They're like, yeah, we went down for, like, you know, five days, like, flew in, caught some waves, went home. Yeah. And it's also with wetsuit technology, too, now. Yeah, is that it's way better. They're yeah. flexier. They're warmer. Yeah. Like, like, a lot of people I talk to, too, like, they talk about surfing and, like, Alaska and all these places where they could surf like really cold water. So coming here in the winter is mm -hmm. not like relatively speaking. It's not. I think that's the biggest change, not the wetsuit thing, but the biggest change I've noticed about this area and it's everywhere in general is, is but for here, because I've been around all through the 80s and and, and it's the, um, the filmers. I mean, with the advent of digital cameras, mm -hmm. first off, because our old mentor, Mickey McCarthy, who passed away a year and a half ago, he was um, documented this surf scene here like nobody else. When he passed, it was so sad. One of the most felt deaths in this area mm -hmm. for everyone. His paddle out. But, but he used to. That was to, last year, right? But um, yeah, I came in. I came in like like the day afterwards because I was going to go out. But he was influential in documenting this area along with some other camera guys. But there there wasn't that many. There was a few. Um, from southern North Carolina would come up and shoot pictures and whatnot, but then all of a sudden you, when digital cameras came around and then GoPros mm -hmm. and video, became, there's just more guys filming and documenting more than ever. And get and this, the surfers are better, The there's more filmers and there's more better filmers or videoers. So there's so much footage now and good footage compared to when I grew up in my you know, 20s and 30s. You there was occasional photos mm -hmm. in magazines of the East Coast. They they would they would bow down and give us a couple shots. And, and we had Eastern Surf Mag with yeah, yeah. Mesral and Duvin, and they they were our big push for the East Coast, but um, and the Outer Banks. But now um, this place is getting so much footage because there's so many dudes filming every swell now. There's there's video cameras at the good spots like yeah, we see, there's we three see or four tripods in California we see yeah. like anytime you, that's why I was saying like you guys had a better yeah. season than I we mean did. with the advent of Surfline and yeah. then you got Kurt Corte living here and Mark Willis living here yeah. they're, so they're kind of like some of their main guys are based here mm -hmm. and Matt Pruitt's writing for them and he lives here he's a good buddy so we're, we're getting like massive coverage yeah. with not just words but uh, eye, eye candy you know, um, well, the other thing too is like not just the quality of the waves. Like the thing that everyone's looking for is like the least amount of people in the lineup, and you guys by far yeah. for the quality of and, waves have and I way admit, less than like any place else. And the level of talent is 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 right up there. We're world quality. I mean, the guys like Brett and um and some of the young guys we got here. Jesse Hine. I mean, yeah, yeah, and even I mean Jesse's barrels and Noah's barrel riding, but we've got. And just everybody, Jeff Myers, but just I mean, some of these new kids in the Virginia Beach kids that are coming up, like the Barton boys, and just so many. The talent is here now. Lucas Rogers from Congo, yeah. and there's there's so many guys that can just blow up now and and surf good. So between the camera cameras everywhere, GoPros and good quality video, yeah, Bo, Bo Rayner just moved here from Wilmington. Um, we've got massive amounts of eye candy being put out there on the media. No, I mean, look, we get, we get, like and a I lot said, of visitors are coming here to surf too. Well, I mean, we get jealous. Like we do, like, you know, especially like, like I said, last year and a half, like we haven't, like we haven't had a, like we've had like a horrible winter. Yeah. 
But that, that is the one thing we do have here. We have hollow waves here. Yeah. We really we get some hollow waves. If you know where to go on the right swells and you're the, at the right spots, we, there's hollow waves to be had here. Super gotta, hollow I waves. I got to pick out uh, Mark Savron. He came to visit Ted, I guess, yeah, yeah. Gosh, four years ago. That was 10 or, 10 or 11 years ago. He took ago. about us down to... Mark Stavron. He owns yeah, official, official things. And the kids... Came over to Dunes and said, "Man, look, it's hey, stupid." Now, yeah, they. <laughs> and as he said, they, you know, they, for we something were, like that, they just used to they're riding mushmucker. Yeah, we you were, know, it's a no, lot of times. No, said, he lives in. They live in San Clemente, said, uh, and, and this was about ten or twelve years ago. Mark, Mark Stavron, he, he makes my he makes our fin boxes, and he he used to make official tri fins and fin boxes but now he's focusing mostly on making fins he's making a lot of fins for lost glass ons for okay. lost fish and stuff it makes his long he makes a long longboard box he some makes some loose plugs he did he made Corey Calapinto's fins but Mark's a cool dude he's a little, little older than me but he he came here to visit us he actually came here because his son I think it's Chase or his one of his sons He's got three sons. One of them was really good at longboarding, uh -huh. and he was in the ECSC for the pro longboard. Okay. And so they came here and stayed with me and my old partner, and they got they got a week on the East Coast, a week in the Outer Banks, and they shot up to Virginia Beach for uh -huh. the big contest. But while he was here, we happened to have a nice little summer blow nor'easter. A cold front came through, and and it cleaned up on a Sunday, and it was this perfect summer June Outer Banks surf. It was it was chest high with maybe some almost head high peaks. Uh -huh. Just a shoulder high, just just perfect three to four feet. Blue water offshore for almost all day, and we were we were down in South Max Head at this little secret spot, and we were already out in the lineup. And he showed up, and we saw them come over the dune with his with all their stuff, his wife and him and his kids, and we saw them drop all their umbrellas and stuff and run back to the car. Next thing you know, they come running over with their longboards, and his son Chase piled out first. And he gets out, and I hear him yell back at his dad after he caught. He dropped in on his first wave and tucked in and got barreled and shot out <laughs> on his longboard. And he yelled back at his dad who was piling out, and he goes, he goes, Dad, it's just like Baja. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cool. I remember saying that because down there it, it looked really neat. It was, it was. There's not many houses, and it's yeah, all yeah, barren yeah. dunes. And yeah. It's where Oregon Inlet starts. Yeah. And it, and um, he was like, Dad, it looks just like Baja. <laughs> it was cool. That was a good memory. Thanks so much to Murray and Roscoe for hanging out and talking. You know, the people who locally shape boards are the people who are really shaping the culture. And sometimes we forget about that. You know, we get too caught up in like some crazy resin job or some like Instagram shaper or some shit like that. The best thing you could do is develop a relationship with your local shapers because they understand your local breaks, the ins, the outs of them, the good, the bad. And they'll also really talk to you. You know, I... As an example, I was talking to Mike the other day, and you know, he was saying his new philosophy on like building boards for people is for him to go surfing with them one day. You know, go out with them one day, see how they surf, see what's good, see what's bad, where they want to go surf, and then recommending a board to them. You know, that's the kind of relationship you can have. And I think if you're if you're spending, you know, anywhere between a thousand and fourteen hundred dollars on a log, let's say. I think you want to have that relationship. You don't want to just thumb through and finger through on a rack and be like, okay, feel the rails and then walk away. So it's really great to talk to these people. It's really important for us to support them uh, any way we can with our dollars, with you know promotion, with our love, with our kindness. Um, so it was great to talk to them. 
but I want to do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 39. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode description on your iTunes player for track listings, things we're talking about, and links pertaining to people we're talking with. Also, another thing I'm going to add is make sure to head over to bodegabordercrewstore.com to check out our merch that we'll be releasing and uh, the first taste of our collection. But without further ado, I'm going to get into some more tracks and then check in with you guys for some short takes. Peace. In effect, Fife did all is in effect. Check it out and give me my spec. I'm moving, yes, I'm moving because my mouth is on the motor. Use the coast of the morning to avoid the funky odor. Can't help being funky, I'm the funky abstract brother. Funky in the sense, but I play the undercover. Once had a fetish, fetish for some booty. Now I'm getting funky in my rapping, that's my duty. Brothers tend to jock on the style in particular. If you got the ego like some brothers, then I'll get with you. But if I don't pursue, then I just don't give a. My motto in the 90s is be happy making ducks. Girls love the gym because it causes crazy friction. When it goes up in, it fluctuates the addiction. I still understand the oof because that's what I'm at up for. I'm hooked on the swing, so just call me the music core. Women love the voice. Brothers dig the lyrics. Quest the people's choice. We driving for the spirit. If you can't hear it, then get the wax utensils. Write my rhyme straight up. Don't get with no fancy stencil. The rhymes be getting sweet. We stay away from talk. A perfectionist at work. Perking up the art. If you want to battle, I suggest you check your clock. Your demise is coming up, and I want your man to watch. Be the prime example, a deeper still the sample. Insignificance, here I place you on the mantle. Born up in Harlem, reside now in Jamaica. The girl I used to rock, her mom's was a Quaker. And what does that make her? The evil money taker, the crazy move faker. I use that to break her. Fight is in the house. Uncle Mike is in the house. Rob Power is in the house. Tim Latham is in the house. Wise Men is in the house. The Brand Noobs is in the house. The JBs, they in the house. And J Lock, they in the house. I must regroup my thoughts and kick the next ones for my people. Please don't be deceived by the ugly sights of evil. The world is kind of cold and the ripple is my blanket. Wrap yourself up in it. If you love it, then you'll thank it. Don't move to rebuttal. Wave your hand for action. Some women in the 90s want more than satisfaction. They want keys and G's and all those illy things. If you want to, I'll show you just what the app can bring. I keep a tight net with my brothers Ken and Kenny. If the question is the rhymes, then I'll tell you I got plenty. The thing that men and women need to do is stick together. Progressions can't be made if we're separate forever. I hook this funky beat with the loop and the feature. Is the funky singing by Miss Vinnie or Mohika? So listen, because the quest is led through the underground. My people have been oppressed too long. No more will we be down. People tend to riff because they don't know the mental. People tend to bug because the beats are hard but gentle. Afro candle lurks through the body of this youngin'. Play like Bobby Bird on your back and you're coming to the house of the jazz, of the funk, of the rhythm. All the goods are welcome, but if you're a villain, I'll just wait and debate. Contemplate your arrival. If flexing is your motive, then you don't like survival. The abstract is speaking, the hard beats is reaching. The black and Puerto Ricans, cause their butt naked streaking through the ever murky streets of the urbanized areas. Blasting out the speakers is the hip hop hysteria. Craig is in the house. Pete Rock is in the house. CL is in the house.
special ed that's in the house. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this one goes out to my man. Thanks a lot, Ron Carter. On the bass. Yes, my man Ron Carter is on the bass. And check it out. Going into the 91 decade, up and until the 2000 decade, you gotta say, the quest is on. So here I go, kicking science in 95, I'll be illin'. Parental discretion is in my still. Don't call me nigga, this MC goes kids. Call me God, cause that's what the black man is. Roaming through the forest as the hardest lyrical artist. Black woman, you are not a bitch, you're a goddess. Let it be known, you can lean on KRS-One. Like a wall, cause I'm hard, I represent God. Whack MCs have one style gun bump. But when you say, let's bump. Revolution, hey, shut the fuck up. Can't get with it. Down to start a riot in a minute. You hear so many, bo, bo, bo. You think I'm rich. What other MCs are talking about? Up with hope, down with dope. I'll have a devil in my infrared scope. Boy, that's for calling my father a boy. That's for putting scars on my mother's back. Bo, that's for calling my sister a hoe. And for you, fuck, fuck, fuck. Cause I don't give a motherfucker. Remember the whip, remember the chant, remember the rope, and you black people still thinking about voting? Every president we ever had lied, you know I'm kind of glad Nixon died. Oh, yeah. That's what you say when you see a devil dead. Oh, yeah. That's what you say when you take the devil's crown. Oh, yeah. Stay alive, all things will change around. Oh, yeah. What? Oh, yeah. This is not the first time I came to the planet. Time I come, only a few could understand it. I came as ISIS, my words they tried to bend. I came as Moses, they couldn't follow my commandments. I came as Solomon to a people that was lost. I came as Jesus, but they nailed me to a cross. I came as Harriet Tubman up with the truth to sojourn up. Other times I had to come as Matt Turner. They tried to burn me, lynch me, and starve me. So I had to come back as Marcus Garvey, Bob Marley. They tried to harm me. I used to be Malcolm X. Now I'm on the planet as the one called KRS. Kicking them at the physical, spiritual. Trying to like get with you. Showing you, you were invincible. The Black Panther is the black answer for real. In my spiritual form, I turn into Bobby Seal. On the wheels of steel, my spirit flies away and enters into Kwame Ture. That's what you say when you see a devil dead. That's what you say when you take the devil's crown. Stay alive, all things will change around. What? No dee-doo-dee-doo-dee-doo, so I grab the air and speak through the code. The devil cannot see through as I unload into another cerebellum. Then I can tell him, because my vibes go through denim and leather, whatever. However, I'm still rocking. We used to pick cotton, now we pick up cotton when we shopping. Have you forgotten why we building in a cypher? You hear me, kid? Government is building in a pyramid. The son of God is brighter than the son of man. The spirit is. Check your dollar bill, G. There it is. We got no time for fancy mathematics. Your mental frequency frequently picking up static, making you a naked body addict. And it's democratic. They press auto, and you kill it with an automatic. Oh, yeah. That's what you say when you see your devil dead. Oh, yeah. That's what you say when you take the devil's crown. Oh, yeah. 
Nation striking blows like Chesamar, codename Hassana. Warming in a bomber, hotter than the region of Ghana. Get loot like that Trump bitch Ivana. Now, who be writing rhymes all night? Fried nigga in the house and my plans is tight. Peace to the ones that don't bite. Fried nigga in the house and my plans is tight. A black queen and best believe my black jeans won't say Paco. I swing to the Ville for some waffles and some beef falafel. Raspberry type liquor got me different. Dirty than the overseas shipment of keys. Welcome back to the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 39. Hope you guys have been enjoying the interviews, the tracks. I know this is a long episode, but you know, that's the thing that you get if I don't make an episode for like two weeks. It's usually going to be longer because I have a lot to say. I'm actually sitting on a bunch of interviews that I haven't released yet that I have to go through and edit and all that kind of thing. So I think I'll get a little bit more on top of it. I just really haven't had time uh, with family and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so excuse me for the sporadic spe- schedule. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 39. Make sure to check it out on, uh, us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode description on your iTunes player for track listings, things pertaining to things we're talking about, things pertaining to people we're talking with. And what do we want to talk about this week? Well, we have a couple of fun short takes this week. The first one is a video that Zio Bapa, the wine company, put together for Tatsuo Takei and about his book. It's a really cool video. It gives you a little glimpse into him and his personality. Also, he has a couple of more signings coming up. I think he has one 
at Mollusk Silver Lake Saturday the 21st. And then there's one in Cardiff at Patagonia the following Thursday. So if you can make it out to those and uh, pick up his book and he'll sign it for you. I saw the book firsthand and I still have to pick up a copy uh, so he could sign it for me. But it's one of the best surf books I've ever seen in my life. The f obviously the photography is beautiful, but it just chronicles the last 20 years of, you know, the single fin logging movement here in uh, California. And I think it's a worthwhile pickup. The second short take we have this week is this video called The Yard that Jack Holman put out with Levi Prairie and Andy Neblis. The yard, although the, the, the term the yard to people from urban New York means something totally different <laughs> than a surf spot, to be honest. It's actually quite the opposite. But the yard, anyway, is uh, the boneyard over at Doheny where there's a whole crew that loves to surf. It's like a kind of crazy left. I mostly surf like the point and the jetty more than that, uh, but you know, I sometimes wander over there. Anyway, it's a pretty cool movie that Jack Holman put together. I love it because Levi and Andy are kind of the next, kind of the next incarnation of logging and logging style. You know, Levi has a very unique style, Andy has a very unique style, quite different from each other. And it's great to see that, you know, anytime you could have someone breathe new life into what we do in a very natural feeling way i think it's great and i think both these guys do it so make sure to check out this video it's on mollusk's site but we have a link to it the last short take we have this week is a link to a video uh, that's for the collab that ruka did with the campbell brothers the campbell brothers malcolm and duncan are the guys behind the bonzers everybody knows i'm a bonzer freak love it love the whole thing they're about and i'm really happy that companies are starting to get behind it channel islands was one of the first companies to really do something with them and now it's great to see that ruka is doing something with them they did a little collab collection shirts shorts some hats i believe there's a jacket there as well but this little video is at their home in oxnard and i the thing that i really like about it is they discuss some of the people that have ridden their boards over the years and how they didn't tell these people to like oh you got to put our logo and you have to publicize that this is what it is they just said write our boards and it'll be chill so check out the video buy some of the stuff buy a bonzer do yourself a favor while these guys are still around and shaping these boards and let us know what you think of the video but that's it for this monster of an episode. I know this one's been really, probably the longest episode we've done in a while. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys like uh, listening to some of the guys from the Outer Banks, including Asher, Rasco, and uh, Murray Ross. You know, these are the kind of people I like hanging out with when I go on little surf vacations. So I'm glad I got to hang out with them. also want to talk about the last showing we'll have of Lucy's, which will be at Gladstone's hosted by latter days coffee on july 28th from 6 to 10. Uh, we'll be showing it at 8 p.m and i think we're going to announce the winners of the raffle right before that like you guys know or if you didn't know we have a raffle that's benefiting stoked stoke is an organization that takes inner city kids surfing skating snowboarding teaches them life lessons life coaching really great organization i've done work for them both design wise and as a surf mentor and they're looking to get more surf mentors and getting more people on board to help the kids a 25 dollars ticket 
there's only 100 tickets available and the prizes are a custom surfboard from Barrett Miller. There's a 10 pack of Cassia Surf Wax, which is worth $180. So 25 to 180, that's kind of good. There's a little t-shirt package from the guys over at the Surf Cult. And we've put together a t-shirt swag package together with Ryan from Lograd. So all in all, there's a bunch of good prizes and you have one in 25 chances to win. There's probably about 25 or 30 raffle tickets left. We're gonna be announcing the winner at the Gladstones event on July 28th. I think either right before or after the screening. Either way, if you, if you sign up, you're gonna get notified by email, but please head over to our Instagram account, click on the link in our bio and you can buy some tickets. Let other people know about it, you know, in the very least, you gave $25 to a good charity that's doing a lot of good work. If not, you're going to win something. So I don't know. It's kind of a win-win if you ask me. But anyway, thank you so much for hanging out with us, sitting with us, running with us, driving with us, surfing with us. You know, I also want to thank everybody that's come out to the first event we've done. It was really successful. Joel, Mike Siordia, Tatsuo Takei, uh, Worm, you know, doing this with with Ryan from Lograph has been a great experience. I love, I love doing events. I love working on this film. You know, we're showcasing this little taste of this project that we're trying to get done in the next year. And the response has been pretty positive. I think the plans are that we'll put it online sometime in August and then everybody could view it and share it and all that kind of thing. And, um, I think there might be a Kickstarter page to raise money because large format surf films are not made for free. Uh, but anyway, thanks to everyone out there. Thanks to all the fans. And make sure, make sure to go over to bodegabordercrewstore.com in the next week or so when we'll be releasing that uh, thanks for, thank you for not surfing here t-shirt. Uh, those are coming in. I think I'm going to be taking pre-orders on them next week, uh, starting next Wednesday. So be prepared for that. And then they'll ship a couple days after that. But I'll leave you with our famous phrase, there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Go out there, have fun, try not to get in each other's way. If you do get in each other's way, just fucking talk and communicate. That's all you gotta do. That's all that anyone asks. Nobody wants to get hurt, nobody wants to get pissed. And hopefully see you guys out there. Peace.
New York Giants. Leave them brainless. Hit them with the stainless. It's the Put your guns up, put the tensions on the mind and raise the roof up. You gotta keep it in the pan and stack your loot up. Get your weight 
up, big up, pull your boots up. When you step into the club, put your guns up. Repetitions on the mind to raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Never fall, we came to raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Still in all, we came to raise the roof up. Manotha Flash, running the stash, rolling for Mohad. Check why you slap fire out them whole fast. These niggas gotta pay the hard way. Free the hard way, you lost. Swinging on them like a San Diego you hard with the grass, say let's start right. this. Professional marksless, women like killer sharks. We lead the little heartless on point like a dark bitch. Bomb your camp if you want this. Connect with convicts. Awesome dawn shit. Respect the camouflage hat to get the money and stack. Go to war like the damn if he push to do that. Keep his movements discreet when he out in the streets. Had the stash built the high heat for those who creep. Keep the ghetto bastards running your crib like two masked men. I run with a tech and we ain't asking, we blasting. Chef brought the extra cannon from Staten. Rhyme official, live boy captain making it happen. You gotta make power moves, black guns and cash rules. Hold my eight straight, cause I've been paying dues. Waves came from way back, trying to see your mail stack. Miami money cash, that leave you laying it down flat. You gotta poly with your crew to stack your loot up. Get your weight up, big up, pull your boots up. When you play it in the cut, put your guns up. Flipping digits on your mind to raise the roof up. You gotta keep it in the pants, stack your loot up. Get your weight up, big up, pull your boots up. When you play it in the cut, put your guns up. Flipping digits on your mind to raise the roof up. Raise the roof up, raise the roof up. We came to raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. Raise the roof up. We came to raise the roof up. 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 Raise the roof Sit this 
Mama's fingers to him in the mail. Put up with his ass to set the 10th floor hall. Painted the motherfucking walls. Never mind having balls. You niggas better duck and dodge. We still want a dead or alive. Started waiting his wife, nigga hiding in the closet. Checked his ass and made a motherfucker. 